Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Film Buds podcast. This is episode number 77, and my name is Henry. And uh, unfortunately, no Chloe still this week. She's off uh, helping her sister get ready for her wedding, which is in just about a week. But she should be back for the next show. But joining us for the second week in a row is uh, my buddy Sky. So, so Sky, thanks for coming on, man. Hey, thanks for having me. And then joining us, I guess, for the first time as a host, although she was with us uh, as an audience member last week, is our friend Jessica. Yes. So, Jessica, thanks for coming on. Thank you. Yeah. And so this week we're going to be kind of doing the setup we did last time, which is just two retro reviews. And I guess we're on, on a bit of a horror um, You're welcome. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> Ben's here. But we're going to be talking about The Babadook from 2014, and then we're going to be talking about Black Swan from 2010. So two cool films. And then we get got some uh, listener questions. We might talk about that uh, new Quentin Tarantino oh, yeah, we trailer, are. you know, stuff like that. So so good. Yeah, so plenty of stuff. So thanks again for joining us. But uh, how's everybody doing? Yeah. Doing really well. Doing really well. It's uh, it's a beautiful Sunday. Yeah. Uh, well, Jessica, since this is your first time, you want to say because I mean this is our first real extended mm-hmm. conversation. Yeah, so it is. Want to say a little about yourself? Well, I'm Sky's girlfriend, and that's it. That's all you need. That's to pretty much it. I'm just that's, kidding. Go ahead. I just exist in that that realm. <laughs> that so. is not true. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, Sky's trying to teach me the way of movies because I've. I also was a film studies major, but I hadn't seen a lot of movies. Mm-hmm. Um, usually I'm the kind of weirdo who's like, oh, I haven't seen that movie, but I read that book. Right. So he's kind of showing me the ways because there's a lot of movies that normal people have seen that I've never seen. And then I've watched obscure foreign films. So Yeah. Like cool. you showed me Amelie. Yeah. yeah. You know, for the first time. Yeah. Uh, which was really cool. It was, uh, you know, kind of out of my element. I mm-hmm. watch all the mainstream movies. I think you watch more of like... Yeah, like the, strange yeah. things. Yeah. 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 I'm not one for blockbusters, but, you know, right. I'm learning. You're not a Transformers <laughs> fan. No, no, I haven't seen any Darn. of those and don't really want to. <laughs> yeah, well, that's, that's, that's fair. That's fair. <laughs> well, cool. Yeah, how about you? How are you doing? I'm doing pretty well. Actually, I have, well, I'll talk about a really quick little story. So I started my job at the... Cup of Joe coffee shop down here in Hillsborough about nice. a week ago. And, you know, everything went went well. You know, it's a fun place and saw a lot of familiar faces. But at around like 1030 or so on the first day, I saw a about a 30-year-old man give an old lady the middle finger, which was just a great sight to see. Yeah, but <laughs> she had it coming. No, no, no. <laughs> no, that's just it. So that was fun. Um, but... Uh, especially for a small southern town, that was a bit, yeah. a bit startling. Yeah, you don't really see that in southern towns like no, Hillsboro. Hillsboro no. is just so yeah. yeah, a great welcoming to the shop. But <laughs> um, but yeah, doing okay. Um, just been yeah, getting back into working, which is always just so fun. You know, it's funny but, though because like uh, I guess I'm so used to having the middle finger thrown at me because working in oh. news, oh, I get true. it. Every sure. day. Yeah. Like, hey, you want to talk on camera? And they're like, no, here's the finger for yeah. you. So <laughs> it's great. It's nice. Yeah. And also he did it as he was like leaving. Oh, that's... So it wasn't he did, didn't just stand there. He was like walking away and, and gave it, which is too bad. So he didn't even get to see the gratification of it, though. Like he didn't even get to see his work. No, but the issue is this lady was like, <laughs> she's like, a, she's like the like one of the most beloved people at the <sighs> shop. And so it's really unfortunate. Yeah. But I hate people sometimes. I know. I hate it, people all the time. All yeah, the time. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> Yeah, 
So, but other than that, you know, just yeah. been a, we were talking about it just a second ago, but I've been crushing some uh, mobile suit Gundam Wing nice. on Hulu, which has been nice. Reliving my childhood. It's a great, great show. Yeah. I really enjoy all the Gundam series that happen. Yeah. You well, know. you're rocking a Dragon Ball Z shirt right now. It's so. one of the greatest things of all time. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> I love Dragon Ball Z. Yeah. Uh, no, I think, um, gosh, the, the last thing that I watched that was animation was actually last night we watched um, Into the Spider-Verse. <sighs> Good one. Good stuff. Good one, yeah. Good stuff. I really hate I missed that in theaters because it's oh, yeah. great. Yeah. But, yeah. Yeah, just this and that, you know? Yeah. Oh, Love, Death, and Robots? Mm-hmm. Yes. Have you seen that? Yes. Uh, oh, I've seen 10 episodes of yeah, it. We you need to finish it. it. And, yeah, and we have a question about that, actually, as well. Okay. So cool. We'll, we'll be talking about it plenty, so. Let's do that. All right, well, should we jump in? Let's jump in. All right, so uh, we can get into our retro review of The Babadook, and we have a clip for this one, so take a listen. Where'd you get this? On the shelf. If it's in a word or it's in a look, you can't get rid of the Babadook. If you're a really clever one and you know what it is to see, then you can make friends with a special one, a friend of you and me. <laughs> his name is Mr. Babadook, and this is his book. A rumbling sound, then three sharp knocks. That's when you'll know he's around. You'll see him if you look. We might read another one tonight, eh? But you said I could choose. Okay, so The Babadook was released in 2014 and is written and directed by Jennifer Kent and stars... Essie Davis, Noah Wiseman, Haley McLinney, Daniel Henshaw. That's about it. And the Small cast. Yeah. And the synopsis is a widowed mother plagued by the violent death of her husband battles with her son's fear of a monster lurking in the house, but soon discovers a sinister presence all around her. So this one. Uh, and the director, I guess, just kind of came out of nowhere, really. Yeah. Um, kind of just shocked everybody. Well, she started off, Jennifer Kent, you know, she she had this short film. It's just brilliant. Uh, it's it's very similar to The Babadook itself. Um, and that was pretty much, I think, all that she did beforehand. And she got funding. She's an Australian filmmaker. She got funding and, and made it. Yeah, and she's got her new film coming out this year, The, the Nightingale. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So. She's killing it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so I know that you, you say, you know, with these retro reviews, there's a spoiler disclaimer right off the gate, yeah, right? Yeah, let's let's go for that, yeah. Okay. Uh, this movie is seriously one of my favorite horror films of all time. Really? It's in my top five. Mm. I love it so much. I've seen it so many times. And it just gets better and better with every watch. Yeah. Well, I mean, I know it's on a lot of people's, like, best of the decade or best horror films of the decade or whatever you want to call it. So yeah. you're not alone. Yeah, no, yeah. It, it has like a 98% on Rotten Tomatoes right now. Like it's just, it's incredible. Yeah. You know, and for a horror film that has like so much going on, it really is one of my favorites. Yeah. Yeah. What do you feel about it? Um. Well, I, I, I like it a lot. I've only seen it twice, I would say. 
So I'm a bit, yeah. I'm, you need to up that. Yeah, I know. I, yeah, I just rewatched it after probably a few years of having not seen it. I mean, I, I agree. I think it's very good. I don't know if I would put it in my like top five of the decade, I think. It would be close, but I think like Black Swan would be. Yeah. Um, but this one, I mean, I think it is just a, it's kind of a more refined version of something like Insidious in a way. It's like, I mean, it's kind of like an art house. Mm-hmm. Not not home invasion, but kind of monster lurking in the house and um, a little more art housey, a little more, um, I mean, again, refined in, I think, in its direction and its style. And See, I, see for me, it's it's, you know, all those things. But the narrative level on that movie, yeah, it's just it's above anything else, really, in terms of horror, yeah, that I have seen probably since I guess like The Shining, yeah, you know. Um, well, Jessica actually just watched it recently for the first time. I okay. had to watch it, and yeah, it was like a year ago, and I'd always wanted to see it, and he was like, "Well, I have it, so let's watch it." Yeah, I really enjoyed it. You know, um, what were your thoughts on it? Well, immediately, like you know, I nailed the themes of it and what it really was about, and things like that, and um, I just. I thought it was kind of creepy, but still realistic in a way of, you know, the mental things that can go on in your life that can terrorize you. Right. So I thought it was it was a really good, well done movie. And then he showed me the short. And the short was really cool, too. And it was cool to see a, a short that turned into a movie and was well done. Yeah, which doesn't always happen. Mm-hmm. So no, yeah. Well, well, you know, when you have, um, you know, someone like, um, I'm sorry, I'm blanking on the names of the uh, the characters right now, but the uh, I believe what was her name, Amelia? Yeah, Amelia, the mom. You know, so she's going through the death of her her husband. You know, still, and it's been like six years. Mm-hmm. You know, she's still going over the death of him. She hasn't been getting over it. She, you know, is refusing to acknowledge it. She's refusing to acknowledge her son's birthday because her his birthday is the same day of the death of her husband. Mm-hmm. You know, and to have the Babadook be a manifestation of grief and all of these things that she has just been not dealing with for years and has created this monster that's plaguing their family. It's just it's just so good. Yeah. Love everything about it. Yeah. Everything about it. Yeah, because we don't want to talk about grief. We don't want to talk about sadness. We don't want to talk about big harmful events that have happened to us in the past. And when you ignore them, that's what they do. They build, mm-hmm. you know. And this movie is a great example of that. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I mean, it's it is. I mean, I think the the emotions, especially between the two character or two main characters, are pretty heightened because mm-hmm. of yeah. that. And it's like the the less or the more you try and put it away, it's just gonna keep on coming back out and. Mm-hmm manifesting itself into like like a monster you know like a monster it, uh, and so it, it is I think very well done in terms of actually talking about themes with a story that is pretty straightforward you know mm-hmm. and ones that you can kind of compare it to but it's has a lot more going on underneath you know so yeah yeah and the great thing is too I love independent uh, independent films in general just because uh, you know they're, they're making do with a low budget. You know, this movie didn't have a whole lot of marketing in it. It had like a couple of YouTube trailers. I don't think I saw any trailer in theaters or movies. Yeah. You know, and I saw it on YouTube and I was like, man, this movie looks great. And then I just forgot about it Mm. because there was, you know, how are you going to watch this movie? And then I think IFC picked it up and that's how I first watched it. And for me, if you can make a movie uh, with $2 million, 
That's pretty good. <laughs> you know, that's incredible. Yeah. You know, it only has like maybe two or three different locations. Very small cast. But the performances, like those are Oscar winning performances from both the mom and the son. Yeah. You know, fantastic. Mm-hmm. All around. One of my favorite horror films. Yeah. One of my favorite films. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know. I, I encourage everyone to watch it. Yeah, I mean, it's, it is, I mean, it, yeah, it definitely has made its mark. And I, I think that um, Jennifer Ken is kind of like one of the new directors to watch, especially with, you know, she has The Nightingale coming out. And um, so I think it is, she is going to have a quite a career ahead of her. I, I hope so. I, I think she's actually collaborating with uh, Guillermo del Toro, actually, on something, on some project. So which, that should be good. Yeah. Um, you know, it kind of concerns me though with her because it has been five years since the Babadook. Right, twenty fourteen. It's twenty nineteen, and uh, I just, I don't know. I, I was expecting her to come out with something sooner, but I guess maybe she's been working on this, the new Nightingale movie. Hopefully, hopefully, <laughs> and hopefully it'll be a big success. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, Jessica, now are you much of a horror fan? I mean, I mean, do you? I am like old school horror films and stuff like that. I just haven't caught up with the times and kept up because there's just yeah. so much coming out. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, eight, like 80s horror, I know Sky's, you know. Yeah. That's his thing. So, yeah. Yeah. Nothing wrong with that. Yeah. I'm no. all into that kind of stuff. And so that's kind of what I like. And the way I heard about the Babadook was somebody told me it was like the scariest movie they've ever seen. I was like, oh, I got to see this. And um, all I heard was like how some people couldn't even finish it. And then when I watched it, I was like, it's actually, mm. it's creepy, but it's not scary yeah it's more unsettling yeah yeah and so i was kind of like expecting something bigger in terms of you know that but i thought it was really well done and really good and i like he said the performances were great and the tension between the mom and the child and Mm -hmm. the way that you know this entity affected their relationship was just fascinating yeah yeah it's a psychological piece you know it really is like it is not just a regular horror film like if you want to watch this movie to be scared this is not the movie for you you know go watch insidious or conjuring you know but like this this movie it's it's a thinker yeah i mean i have friends that hate horror movies but they love this movie really see i have i have friends who love horror movies but hated this so they're wrong doesn't follow the rules no yeah Uh, and I guess this came out in the same year as It Follows, right? I think so. It was quite a year. It was a good year for horror, for independent, low-budget horror films. Mm-hmm. Great year. Yeah. I love It Follows. I know. I think I think I would put It Follows above this. Although, I mean, I still, of course, really like this. But, um, yeah, I mean, it is... I, I love the design mm-hmm. of the... Well, the you get a house. And, you get a creepy, haunted house feel with this maybe, too, which is really cool. Yeah. You know? And um, the creature is very simplistic. Mm-hmm. You know, it's almost like the, the the main encounter with the entity itself at the end of the film. You don't even get to see it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just wind and, you know, sounds. And that's it. Yeah. That's all it is. And some looming camera shots, which is very effective. But mm-hmm. you don't see it. Yeah. Which is cool. Yeah. Hey, it's it's all what you don't see, right? That's Scott. right. <laughs> that's effective horror making. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I... God, I really could talk about this movie all day long, though. So mm-hmm. anytime that you want me to just shut up talking no, about no, it. No, no, I mean, no. We can talk, <laughs> talk, yeah, talk for as long as you want. Um, well, I mean, in terms of, you said this would be kind of in the top for you. What would be some others? Some other films? Uh, uh, some other films that would, I guess, maybe of this decade that you would put along with The Babadook. 
In Are we talking of, horror? Horror. Let's yeah. Let's say horror. So for me, I think this one was number one for so long until I saw Hereditary, and I think Hereditary and the Babadook are kind of battling back and forth, mm-hmm. you know, in in my head. Um, so I'll just say one and two. Um, either one, it doesn't matter. And then it follows. Yeah, I think it follows is just phenomenal. The Conjuring, the first Conjuring, I really like the second one too. The second one had more jump scares, I think, um, which is cool if you like jump scares. For me, I like tension and building and I think The Conjuring the first one did that and um, maybe I really like Don't Breathe too oh yeah I really enjoyed that movie yeah it was crazy yeah what about uh, Under the Skin uh, you know, you know, it's just uh, that's a throwback. Yeah, <laughs> it's uh, it's not my favorite. Yeah, <laughs> well, Jessica, any others for you that come to mind, or 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 maybe what are some of your top horror films just in general? Since well, my favorites, and this probably sounds like cliche, but the original Nightmare um, on Elm Street films were my favorite. That's what I grew up watching, and yeah. to me, that was like the ultimate boogeyman. Right, and I really was drawn to that, and um, you know, it just makes you terrified to go to sleep. And yeah. so that's you know one thing that everybody has insecurities about is being alone and being vulnerable and going to sleep. And then this man comes and murders you in your dreams and stuff like that. So that was I was I really was drawn to that. And then my very favorite is more like a horror comedy, which is Shaun of the Dead. Oh, that that's is a classic. The best. I watch that every year. Yeah. And on Halloween, and I just I love it. I think that's mm-hmm. like my favorite. Yeah. Funny, well, scary, all that. Yeah, well, I think that movie is a rare case where I think you could almost classify it as either. I think yeah. there's like yeah. an argument for both where it, like the horror is is pretty horrifying, like some of the gore and everything, mm-hmm. but then it is incredibly funny. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. so it's a pretty great balancing it's act. It's like a love story to the zombie movies yeah. of yesteryear. Totally, so it's, totally. It's great. Yeah. Like I love the part where Sean is just walking through the uh, the market mm-hmm. and he slips on some blood, but oh, yeah. he doesn't really even acknowledge that it's blood. Yeah, I mean, because he's just so he's so in the zone. Yeah, he's so part of everyday life. Yeah. You know, he's just doing mm-hmm. his thing. Now, my favorite horror film, though, for me is the original Scream, Wes Craven's oh, yeah. Scream, the first one. It's my favorite horror film of yeah. all time. It'll never change. Yeah. I don't and, care what comes out. <laughs> and you like uh, The Shining a lot as well, though. I do like, like The Shining. Yeah. yeah. I think it's a great film. It, for me, um, you know, I praised it so heavily a few years back, and it's kind of taken more of a backseat now. Mm-hmm. I still really appreciate it, and I still love it, you know, but it's definitely taken a hit in terms of, you know, my ranking system. Right. You know, my personal ranking system. Yeah. Sounds kind of pretentious. Yeah. <laughs> my, my personal ranking system. <laughs> right. My personal <laughs> ranking system. Yeah. But um, yeah. What about you? What are some of your favorites? Uh, well, I do. I mean, I mean, we talked about it last week. But uh, Under the Skin is one of mine. I mean, I, I would classify it more as horror. Yeah. And so, but we we don't need. To, if you want to hear we, that discussion, <laughs> go back to the next yeah. previous episode. Yeah. Um, and then honestly, Black Swan. I mean, which we'll be talking about. I mean, I love good one. I love Black Swan. I love Psycho, mm. which I mean, of course, isn't especially where we are now. It's not that scary at this point, but it's still such a crazy story, yeah, yeah. you know. It set the mark for a lot of things. I wrote one of my um, thesis papers on Psycho and I had to watch it like probably 50 times in order to to nail that paper. But it it's just, it's so well done. Well, Anthony and Perkins is yeah. just phenomenal yeah. in that role. It's unhinging and yeah, it was just so thought out and so well done. It's a beautiful film. It is. Yeah. 
And it's Hitchcock. You really can't go yeah. wrong with Hitchcock. Yeah. Hitchcock is for me though. You can't like sit down and just put up on a Hitchcock film. You yeah. know, I got to be ready for it. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Go see the Babadook. Yeah. <laughs> Don't go see it because it's not anywhere really for you to see. But rent it, buy it, all that stuff. I actually have the um, the exclusive edition. Mm-hmm. You know, with like when you pop it up and it's a storybook. Yeah. That's what we need oh, to talk oh, about. Oh, oh, I do have that. You yeah. have that? Yeah. On the second uh, left, right there. right there. Look at that. See, I always love this. It just pops up and wah! <laughs> it's and there. then you told me, like when we watched it, you told me about how they had released a few, like I don't remember how many, a few like, hundreds yeah, a couple of hundred. the actual pop-up books. And I was trying to find that for him. And they're like non-existent. Mm-hmm. They're so rare. And Either that you, or they sell for... Or they're like, you know, on eBay for thousands of dollars geez, or whatever. It's an but, exorbitant amount yeah. of money. Yeah. But no, I. That's one thing too is the the pop up book. Like you don't really see that in horror films. No, you know I mean, children's stories. Yeah, I mean it's considered you know you know goofy and right. you know. But and they turned this into something that was actually really creepy. The illustrations along with the, you know the uh, the pop up words mm-hmm. were just it was creepy. Mm-hmm. Like one of my favorites was, um, gosh, what was it? If you see him in your, if you see him, you won't sleep a wink or something. Something like that. Like that yeah. You know, and then you have like this uh, this illustration where she pulls this tab and she slits her own throat, yeah. and the little piece of oh, yeah. paper blood comes dropping yeah. out of her yeah. neck. Yeah, yeah, so creepy, mm. so good. Yeah, well, in terms of not you know sleeping a wink, it is almost like Nightmare on mm-hmm. Elm Street because it is you know kind of keeps you awake, like oh god, you know? yeah. And so, I love it when she's going crazy because she's keeping herself up. This is after she's been almost kind of like possessed by the Babadook, and she is sitting on the couch and she's watching. This news, mm-hmm. uh, this news story, and you see this woman. It looks like her. It looks like uh, Amelia, and she's standing and she's like sitting in this window, and she's just looking at the camera, giving this creepy smile, mm-hmm. very subtle. But every time I see that, I get chills on my arm because it's just so unsettling. Yeah, and I, I think it was talking about murder, right? Like how she murdered her son. Yeah, is what the article was yeah, talking about. Yeah, like she about. went crazy. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And I, I do like that scene. I think it's in the police station where she's kind of losing it yeah yeah and it's like i mean it, it is kind of brings up that idea of looking at someone who's acting like that sometimes it can just be yeah you know nothing wrong with them it's just they're they've had something terrible happen and you know it's seems realistic yeah. you know but of course it's it's viewed as how some people can not see it that way like no that person's gone insane mm-hmm. you know and so especially in this day and age so i um you know when i wrote my paper on this for grad school applications i I talked about how it was similar to almost like postpartum depression. Yeah, totally. You know, and it really does. That's my dog. Sorry. (laughs) It wants to come in. Yeah. The Babadook's out there. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, You know, and um, I don't remember what I was saying. Your dog. Oh, yeah. Postpartum depression. And, uh, you know, you, you you have her and she had this kid the same day that her husband dies. And for me, I think that. You could make an argument that she has been suffering from postpartum depression for six years. Yeah, totally. You know, because she has been a shell of what her former self was before her husband died. Mm-hmm. And this is what characters mentioned throughout the whole film. And she takes it out on her son. So there's a lot of layers in this film. Yeah. I mean, I mean, it, yeah, it brings up that idea of depression and how having a partner in one way or the other and losing them is can really like make you feel so empty and, you know, kind of mm-hmm. losing a part of yourself. And so it's it definitely feels very natural and yeah realistic so and they're so isolated yeah exactly being near each other that you know they're already getting on each other's nerves as you know mother and son and then they have this grief that 
both of them don't know how to process. And yeah. And so it's, you know, you really see how, you know, what was it? The sister and yeah, the sister or, or the sister. She was like, you know, you can't bring your kid over here anymore. He's strange and we don't mm-hmm. want him around. So it's like even more isolating to these two characters and yeah. nobody really knows how to help them or wants to help them because they just, it's easier to write people off than, yeah. than go the extra mile to help them. Mm-hmm. And he got kicked out of school. Sam, mm-hmm. the kid, you know, he got yeah. kicked out of school so that makes him even having to stay around her even more. Yeah, it's just so much isolation and, and yeah. grief that these two are going yeah. through. Which, I mean, the isolation makes it, it, it even worse because it's like if you get so used to having that person there and it's like that's the only person really, then when they're gone, it's like, what you know, what's the world I'm in right now? Yeah. So it's... Yeah. Yeah. And she like can't even sleep by herself. Yeah. Like she wakes up in the middle of the night because he crawls into bed <laughs> with her and she's she can't get a moment alone yeah. from her son, who she wants to love and who she does love, but she also resents and hates and blames. You know yeah, it's a it's a reminder every yeah. day of what you lost mm-hmm. looking at your child. You know, you can't just look at him like something you gained. You look <laughs> at it also as something you lost. There's yeah. a there's a great um a great line that comes from Sam. Where he's like, uh, you know, he's talking about his birthday, and then his he's like, oh, I can't celebrate my birthday today because it's also the day my dad my dad died. And I was like, oh, that's just a heartbreaking line, and he delivers it so well. This kid really is like six years old. Yeah, and he he just he kills it. Yeah, a really comforting film to yeah. watch. <laughs> it's 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 a great Sunday pick me. Yeah, on. yeah. <laughs> so yeah, and is it? On, maybe on Amazon or Netflix or something? I, uh, I think it used to be on Netflix. Okay. It may still be, but I don't think I so. I had a really hard time trying to find it. That's why I didn't watch it for so long because I couldn't find it on, on any outlet. Mm. And I know for a long time it was like only Showtime had rights to it or something like that, and I didn't mm. have that. So I was like, well, I can't ever see <laughs> well, this ever It being an IFC film, I'm sure that you could probably see it on demand. Yeah, somewhere, you know. But yeah, so check it out if, if you haven't seen it yet. Please know? do. It's really good. And comment and be like, hey, this guy, Sky, knows what he's talking about. <laughs> Sky, the message boards are going to blow up. I hope so. I hope <laughs> so. so. But yeah, I mean, yeah, we, yeah, we, I mean, yeah, and we did have some good feedback about the last show about both Sky and Jacob. Not so much Jacob. I mean, yeah, you know, I mean, he was just there. Yeah, he, Jacob was just uh, <laughs> sitting there. So, um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, so. Jacob, we love you, buddy. Yeah, yeah, you're great. He's not listening. <laughs> He's not listening. <laughs> he says he is, but you know. Um, but no, uh, yeah, so cool. Anything else about uh, Babadook? Mm-mm. No? No. It's, cool. it's great. If you want to read my paper, just send me a link. It's yeah. Great. <laughs> <laughs> well, Sky, it's your favorite part out of five stars? Five. five. You know, and I love the thing, and we talked about this last time, and I gave it, I think, a, um, a four and a half or a four. This one is definitely a five. This five. is a perfect film for me. Hmm, wow. It's four and a half for me. Yeah, I'd just, say like four, four and a half. Yeah. yeah. You guys are wrong. It's really good. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just well, It needs more blood. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Give it that third time watch and who knows, maybe it'll it'll be a masterpiece for you. I think I've seriously watched it ten times. So really? Far. Yeah. That's nice. great. Yeah. But no, that's, that's understandable. Cool. Well, uh, all right. Well, I guess we can jump into our other retro review, which is Darren Aronofsky's Black Swan, which we have the Blu-ray right here as well. So a little showcase. Like a Natalie Portman looking creepy. Yeah. So take a listen to a clip. Beth? I'm so sorry to hear you're leaving the company. What'd you do to get this role? You always said you were such a frigid little girl. What did you do to make him change his mind? What's going on here? Hey. Hey. I need to talk to you. 
I need to talk to you. No, don't you do that. Don't you dismiss me like that. My little princess, please hold it together. I'm coming by later. I have something for you. It's a token of my appreciation. Right. You make the most of it, Nina. Okay, so uh, what's the movie? Oh, Black Swan. So Black Swan was released in 2010 and is directed by Darren Aronofsky and stars Natalie Portman, Mila Kunis, Vincent Cassell, Barbara Hershey, Winona Ryder, um, Sebastian Stan. Uh, That's maybe about it. And the synopsis is, a committed dancer struggles to maintain her sanity after winning the lead role in a production of Tchaikovsky's Swan Lake. So, yeah, this one was also a pretty big hit. I mean, a little more commercially so than Babadook, but... It definitely got a lot more marketing. Yeah, and Natalie Portman won the Oscar for it. Yeah, Yeah. well-deserved. Yeah. Um, and so it was a perfect performance. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, well, what do y'all think of this one, Jessica? Had you seen this prior I have to? Not seen it. And oh, this guy thinks it's funny. Why I haven't seen it? So the only thing I know about it um, is the that there's a scene in there where she pulls her fingernails off or something like that. Great scene. <laughs> and I was like, I don't think I'm ready to see that because it's going to give me the creeps really bad. Yeah. So um, I just kind of forgot about it. Never watched it. Mm-hmm. So. I unfortunately have not seen this movie. You know, the accolades for this movie really do speak for themselves, though, because it received five nominations at the 83rd Academy Awards for Best Picture, Best Director, Best Cinematography, Best Film Editing, and winning Best Actress for Portman. That's something. That's something. And it made, do you you have the box office? I know it made it, what, a couple hundred at least? Oh, yeah. So it was made with $13 million. Jesus. So box office was $329.4 million. <laughs> Darren is rolling. That's that why dream. he got to do Noah. <laughs> oh, totally. And they're like, oh, yeah, you can do that. Yeah, totally. And then Noah made a, a fair bit. Yeah, so. Aronofsky's killing it. Yeah. Although I guess Mother didn't do as well financially, so. But God. He's, he's still doing fine, yeah, I'm he's sure. He's fine. Yeah. He's fine. But yeah, so <laughs> Jessica was telling me, <laughs> she was like, yeah, I didn't really want to see it because of the fingernail part. And I'm like, oh, there's a lot more to that movie. There yeah. is. Yeah, and <laughs> even though I have seen it a few times and rewatching it just a few days ago, it is like, there's a lot of stuff that I had forgotten about yeah. that's really insane. It's so, disturbing. Definitely not for everybody. It's, I think, you know, and it's probably the most disturbing film of his since uh, Requiem, Requiem for a Dream. Yeah. You know, as far as like being uncomfortable to watch, because The Wrestler came out before this. Like it was like this, his previous film, right? Right. The Wrestler, it's heartbreaking, but you can watch it. It's, I mean, it's a pretty watchable film. Right. Yeah. Nothing really disturbing happens. It's just you're watching this guy just. That I did see. You know, yeah. Randomly. It was good. Randomly, I did The Wrestler? See that. Yeah. Oh, cool. I didn't know that was by him, though. Yeah, it, it doesn't really feel like it. It doesn't. Like it doesn't. So it doesn't. Which I guess, and for better and for worse, it doesn't feel like him. So, and uh, I think before that, he did The Fountain, which feels like an Aronofsky film. Very. <laughs> a lot of his films, like I tie him to, like when you go through the whole process of watching this film, at the end, you're going to be like, "What did I just watch? Yeah. What just happened? Exactly. And so I felt like, um, especially with the marketing towards this one, it felt like it was going to be Black Swan is going to be one of those where you're like, "Is there a conclusion? Is there a?" something that you come out of it and you're like, you understand what mm-hmm. just happened. Because with his movies, I tend to think of mass confusion sometimes. Totally. There's, <laughs> there is a little bit of confusion, but I think for, you know, it, it's clear what the message is and, and what panned out throughout the film. 
Um, yeah, but I mean, it's a little more straightforward, I guess. Yeah. I mean, it, like it's less extreme or less ambiguous than Mother or something. Mm-hmm. But it's, I mean, it's still pretty psychologically strange. Yeah. So. Like when she starts turning into a swan on stage. That's I was just about to say that. I, I love that scene. It's <laughs> such a great amazing. scene. Yeah. Oh, and actually, I, I will say, so um, I'm actually going with a friend of mine in May to see a production of it in the at, from the Car- Carolina Ballet Company. What? So, yeah, it's going to be fun. Like they're doing this or they're swan, doing swan, swan Lake? Swan Lake. Oh. I was like, did they make this in Sky? Into a theater Sky, show? they're doing Black Swan. <laughs> <laughs> I would watch that. No, but no, it's going to be... Uh, Swan Lake, so that should be cool. That would be um, really cool. But no, did you, you all hear about that guy that put on the um, stage play of Alien? I sent him I a did. link to that's that like on blowing Facebook up yesterday. Now? Yeah, crazy. And he put it on his page because I was like, that's amazing. Yeah, I think they should do a Lord of the Rings stage play. The they're doing a TV show. No, I want a theatrical <laughs> show. Yeah, I want the biggest stage in the world. Good lord, that'd be like a <laughs> ten hours. <laughs> but uh, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I, I love Black Swan. I mean, for some reason, I don't know where it comes from, um, but I love, like, the Russian ballet style, like yeah. that kind of sharp but very classical and kind of dark. And so I just love that uh, visual style of Russian ballet. And I think that the Black Swan is a really interesting, or Swan Lake is a really interesting story. Yeah. And so it really complements the This is definitely... In my opinion, Aronofsky's finest film to date. You know, I think that he he may not make another film as successful as this, um, and that's okay. You know, um, but this movie, when I saw it in theaters, I sat in my theater seat and I didn't leave until you know five minutes after the credits were mm-hmm. over. See, I'm sad because I don't think I saw it in theaters. You missed out. Man. I know. I'm. I know. I, I hit myself every day for it. But it was really good. Yeah, but yeah, it is like you were saying. It's like when it's over. It's just like, what? What yeah. did I watch? Yeah, yeah. yeah so, it's like a heavy kind of feeling. It's pretty, yeah, pretty. Yeah, when pretty you watch heavy. these movies, you're just like, you have to let it resonate for a while to understand and kind of gather what just happened. Yeah, and it's I, something that everyone can relate to, too, for sure. You know, like she's obsessing with being perfect, and everybody, mm-hmm. you know, if they're passionate about something, they can relate to that. Yeah, and I, I think in terms of the style of it, it is does feel a little bit similar to Mother in terms of it being this kind of singular character who's slowly unravels. And also just in terms of the direction and the cinematography where it's like a constantly moving handheld camera where it's very immersive and kind of feels a little bit different from something like Noah or maybe even The Wrestler in, in a certain way. But it, it does feel a little bit similar to Mother in that way in terms of style, you know? Yeah. Um, I think in terms of like... Um I guess visually for me, it, it very much felt like um, Requiem for a yeah. dream. And you know, where it's dark and gritty. And dreary. And yeah. dreary. Oh, that yeah. movie was so depressing. <laughs> that one I watched, I was telling Sky the first time I watched it, I, I was with one of my friends and we were like, well, let's just put it on. We haven't seen it. And we did not speak for probably 20 minutes after it. Mm. It was just like, where do you go from here? Yeah. It's so dark and depressing. Mm. Yeah. That is one of the, one of the few movies that every single person that I talk to who has seen it says that exact same mm-hmm. thing. Like there aren't many movies that I think really have that same effect mm-hmm. on yeah. everybody, you know. It's it's a movie I wish that they would show in high schools. Mm-hmm. You know, to be like, "Hey, don't do drugs. Here you go. Watch <laughs> this video." <laughs> yeah. Yikes. Yeah. <laughs> 
Uh, but yeah, I love, I mean, like we said, I mean, Natalie Portman is incredible in it. Mila Kunis too. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, she know. doesn't really get enough credit. She's very good at it as, yeah. as well as uh, Vincent Cassell. Yeah. As the ballet teacher or instructor, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. It's, um, it's a creepy movie. Yeah. No, it relies I'm, a lot on sound too, which I really appreciate. Yes. I yeah. know you love Mother. Is Do you think that this is better than Mother? Yes. Okay. Black Swan is a better film than Mother. And um, for me, it's because this one, I, I think you can relate to it a lot more. Mm-hmm. With Mother, you, you yeah, know. Yeah, nobody can relate to that. <laughs> right. You know, have, have you seen Mother? Yes, I oh, saw Mother. Okay, cool. Yeah, like a few months ago, I sat down. I had it on my DVR for a long time. Ah. I was like, okay, let's watch it. And I was like, wow, that was an interesting story because it's not what I thought it was going to be. No. When I first, I remember I was in theaters and I watched some movie and they showed the previews for it. And I thought, oh, that's like, it reminds me of Rosemary's Baby. It's going to be something like Rosemary's sure. Baby. And I was expecting that and it completely wasn't. Yeah. Again, I think I said this last time, but they broke a baby's neck and then ate, ate it. it. Yeah. That's great. Yeah, that's great filmmaking. Great, great. I, <laughs> I love that, but <laughs> because you don't see that, and you know, people we 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 live you know today where we don't really see kid actors or babies dying in films, uh, and and for me it was a very shock factor moment. But it's something that it's not really that I want to see more of it because that sounds no. very disturbing. <laughs> But I do applaud it for 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 doing that. Yeah, I mean, it, even with the people who kind of write off Aronofsky, I think that no matter what, even if it's a terrible film, I think that every time you go and see one, you're going to see something unique. Yeah, and that you're going to remember for mm-hmm. better or for worse. Right. You know, and Definitely. so he stands out as a filmmaker. Yeah, you know, and for me, that was his big standout moment. For this one, it was you know when we were talking earlier about her turning into a swan mm-hmm. on stage. That was the the memorable moment. And unfortunately, with Requiem for a Dream, it was something much darker. But yes, I know. <laughs> they got him on the same page with you on that one. Yeah, like, hmm. had Keith David referencing <laughs> a line. And uh, I love Keith David, though. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, but with this one, I mean, there is the relationship with the mother who's like super possessive. Yeah. And um, which I, really works well. And then the actress, I can't remember her name, but she's great. Mm-hmm. And just that relationship is so grating and kind of mysterious because you never know when things are going to change, how she's going to react to what Natalie Portman's character is doing and what she says. And it's... Now, it's been a minute for me. What was Winona Ryder's role in this? She's the former Swan Queen. Okay. Yeah. And so she's the one who um, is essentially is the one before Natalie Portman and is kind of out of the... Got it. Yeah. Yeah. um, Lost her edge and she's done. And then she ends up uh, like stepping into traffic and... Uh, getting like serious injuries and kind of her life being over at that point. And then, yeah. and then of course, Natalie Portman sees all that. She's like, Oh God, is that going to be me in, yeah. you know, a year? Or I remember now. Yeah. yeah. It's been a few years since I've seen this movie because, like, with every Darren Aronofsky film, you can't just sit down and watch them. No. You know, you got to be really ready for them emotionally. And, uh, I love his films. They're fantastic. But this one, it, it's definitely one of the heavier films for me. Yeah. And and you, uh, you saying it's kind of the his best work. It is just like everything with the editing, yeah. the cinematography, everything just works constantly so well. I'm not sure if any other film that he's done has been that critically acclaimed. Uh, yeah, I wouldn't think so either. I mean, five Oscar nominations. I don't think that, especially any, in the, those film. categories. Yeah. yeah. So, and it is a gorgeous film. Mm-hmm. It's very pretty. Mm. You know, and um, like I said, I think the best thing for me is that it's just so relatable. Yeah. You know, I mean, because everyone has had something where they want to be 
the best, or especially if it's something you're passionate about and you just get too ahead of yourself or uh, just kind of lose sight of what you're actually trying to achieve. And yeah, so, or, yeah. or you at least are aware of that. So, or have seen someone else do that. So how would you rank Aronofsky's films? <laughs> well, see, I do really love mother. Um, so let's do top to bottom. Let's do the first one. So yours would be mother. I think so. It, it would either be mother or black swan. Like it would be, that's very level pegging. I did rewatch mother as well. And that, that third act is truly one of the most insane sequences in a it's movie crazy. that I've ever seen. Similar to like, you know, some of the stuff in, in black swan. It's just like, I, I've never seen anything like it. Mm-hmm. Like everything with the, the riot and the SWAT teams yeah. and it goes uh, off the rails. It just came out of nowhere. Like the too. house literally being destroyed and yeah. all of that. And Her world is deteriorating. Yeah. And, um, so that, and I also still love the first two acts. Like some people say that's all they kind of talk about is the third act, but I do love the first two acts where it is just kind of this, she's can never get control and, and everything. So, I mean, it'll be Black Swan and, and Mother at the very top. Then I do kind of love Noah. I do have a soft spot for Noah. I still haven't seen it. It's good. I actually just, I never watched it. I mean, because it is like a an atheist's take on a religious story. So it's, it's right. interesting in that way. Um, and then... Maybe, maybe Requiem, and then mm, the yeah. Wrestler Love. I see. I like the Wrestler a lot. Maybe it's just because it feels the least like Aronofsky. Yeah, it doesn't feel like it fits, and yeah. so it feels a little more straightforward. Even though, of course, there's a lot going on, and it's, it's yeah. a very good film. Um, so it'd probably be maybe Requiem, The Fountain, The Wrestler. I love The Fountain, and then Pie. Pie is like. Of all the people who do criticize Aronofsky for being pretentious, that's a film that I would kind of call pretentious. For no, me. it is, and it's it's just, my least favorite too. Yeah, and so Pi would be at the bottom for sure. Even though I, I don't dislike that movie, but um, yeah, but Mother and Black Swan would be at the top by far. Yeah, I agree with that. For well, me, I think I would change out Mother and put The Fountain, but I have a I have a weird love for The Fountain. Yeah, <laughs> it's a weird film, and it makes no sense when you really sit down and think about it. <laughs> yeah. Um, but what about you, Jess? What do you think? Well, I've all, I haven't seen all of his movies. I think it's just because, like you said, when you go into seeing one of his films, you have to be ready. And so I've kind of put off seeing some of his films. So I've only seen maybe like four of his films. Um, I really liked Mother because it was just wacky out of nowhere, mm-hmm. not what you expect, and you're just like along for this this ride with this basically poor, unfortunate girl who's you know stuck in this situation and she's going completely insane, and, and you just have to kind of watch her. I, I liked that, and the ending was just it was kind of cool. Yeah, it was weird, but it's it was crazy, cool, but and yeah, it fit. Mm-hmm. So I like that one a lot. I think out of you know, it's it's still dark, but it's not as dark as Requiem. And Requiem was like heavy. You're, for you're me. done after that. Yeah, it's crushing. You're done. You yeah. don't want to do anything. <laughs> yeah, and I think that's kind of steered me a little bit away from his stuff. Yeah, just because I remember the feeling that that movie gave me mm-hmm. when I watched it. It was kind of like this hopelessness. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it like, was a lot. If you watched Requiem for a Dream in the middle of a bad work week. <sighs> You wouldn't go back to work. No. You'd quit. <laughs> I just quit life. You know? I just yeah. quit life. Yeah. I'm going to sit on my couch for the rest of my days. Yeah. It is, yeah, it's quite something to, to watch. And, um, but yeah, Mother, I actually did see an article recently that it said if you're not laughing at some things in Mother, you're not watching it right. Because yeah. it is in some ways a comedy, which is, I, I, I agree with, because like some of the how, 
like Javier Bardem and how some of the other supporting characters act is so ridiculous that yeah, it, it is it, really it is, is funny to an extent. And I mean, in some parts, not not everything, but well, I think what Ed Harris and Michelle Pfeiffer, you know, their relationship in that movie is so just, it's so weird that you can't yeah. help but laugh at it. Yeah, and then uh, what's his name, Domino Gleason pops up as one yeah. of the sons, and then there's the that fight between them in the house and then that's another atheist you know take on a on a biblical story essentially yeah. adam and eve and yeah you know the creation story i guess is what mother really is right yeah yeah in, in some ways yeah i, I think so i mean because because javier bardem is god yes yeah and then and um, then mother is mother earth right that's yeah i, I think that's kind of like the main the main gist of it i mean yeah. clearly he's he even though he is atheist he's interested in yeah, biblical stories, which is interesting. I mean, that's almost the same for me. It's like, yeah. I mean, I'm an atheist and I'm interested. Yeah, in biblical stories. Um, and so I like that kind of someone who's not, uh, I guess, for lack of a better word, attached to the material, kind of can create a different take on it. Yeah, you know, um, kind of like Evan Almighty. No, Great film, oh one of my, my one of my favorite films of the decade, but uh, <laughs> underrated film. Let's let's review that next week. So <laughs> it's the greatest film of all time. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, it, Aronofsky is just. A, I'm interested to see what he's going to do next. He's so. a loose cannon. Yeah, he makes very beautiful films. Yeah, that make you feel not beautiful. Right. And yeah. dirty, and like the world is crap. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's you know I I just. It's refreshing. And I you know, I really am into like dark, sad things, and it's been much for me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Favorite filmmaker. <laughs> uh, no, it I, I agree with you though. You know, when people say look at it almost like a comedy, you know, um, the same thing could be said for Charlie Booker's uh, Black Mirror series. Oh, sure. You know, he writes them as comedies. Mm. Which, if you really sit down and think about, yeah, I could see that. But when you really see it on the surface, it's like that is not a comedy. It's That's scary. crushing. Yeah, it's <laughs> That's so crushing. Terrifying. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, because there are, I mean, at least in Mother, there are things like um, something ridiculous, like the two people jumping on the counter and it just yeah. obliterate the counter and water gushing out. But then there's horrifying things like the baby and stuff yeah. like that. And mm-hmm. so it. Which I mean, comedy and horror balance each other out very well. So, mm-hmm. I love how normal that movie starts off too. Yeah, yeah, it does. I think every film he does, it starts off relatively normal. Yeah, and then it just turns around, mm-hmm. and it's like, ha, psych. Yeah, and I think Mother most of all, just because it is, it does get so crazy. That, yeah, and um, it's really slowly builds that suspense and mystery so well. Like each scene just kind of goes up and up and up and up. Yeah, and then uh, and also in this same thing, it's because there's all the ideas of jealousy and control and perfection and things like that, which I mean I think are pretty mm-hmm. present through most of his movies. So. Yeah, yeah. I, gosh, we I can't. feel like I need to watch it now. I feel oh. like I really. It's it, he'll have to show me the part when it's you know the fingernail part. I'll skip close through my that. Eyes skip and, through that. Yeah, oh, yeah skip it. <laughs> <laughs> he likes to watch me be uncomfortable. Yeah, <laughs> sounds like Scott. <laughs> 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 You gotta watch the whole film, you know. You can't no skipping. Yeah, no skipping allowed. Um, I'll, I can't promise I won't close my eyes. Yeah, that's okay. That's okay. I've got some, uh, some. What was it? What was it that uh, Nathan Jerstad like, would call them? C forty sevens. You'll have oh, to yeah. like bird box me where you like <laughs> keep my eyes open. Yeah, those uh, those little clippers, yeah. whatever they are. Yeah. Clockwork orange. Yeah, yeah. yeah. 
Oh, man, I, I really love Black Swan, though. Even the um, costume design and makeup design oh, it's incredible. is just yeah. incredible. Yeah. It really does feel like you're watching a ballet. Yeah. A really weird ballet. Messed up ballet, yeah. <laughs> I guess kind of like what Suspiria is a little bit. Yeah, totally. You know? Um, but, yeah, no. Natalie Portman's best best performance to date. Hmm. Maybe aside from Queen Amidala or whatever, right? Oh, God. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, I, I did. Have you all seen Jackie? No, uh, no, that's it's pretty incredible. Yeah, about Jackie Kennedy. Oh yeah, I heard about that. Yeah, very good. Um, yeah, it would either be that or or Black Swan. Yeah, she's she's great. Yeah. So I'm trying to think of other movies that. Well, V for Vendetta. Yeah, I love yeah. V for Vendetta. Yeah, yeah. She was, that was in, like such a different. I think that's when she started to like branch out a little bit. Yeah, yeah. She shaved her head and then went on the Lonely Island, which yeah. was kind of cool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then she was in what Annihilation. Mm-hmm. Loved Annihilation. Yeah, yeah. I think we talked about that last time. Yeah, a little bit. No strings attached with Ashton Kutcher. Great film. Never watched it. <laughs> Don't. <you know. laughs> I'm joking. It's not good. Um, I, yeah, she, she's she was in that '90s movie too. The um, the assassin movie. Oh, uh, Leon the professional. Yeah, Leon yeah. the professional. Mm-hmm. She's yeah. in that movie that I love that people hate. Closer. No, I love Closer. I, I, haven't, I haven't. I haven't seen Closer. Closer. So it's Jude Law. Jude Law and um, who's the guy? He Clive Owen. Clive Owen and then uh, Julia Roberts. And it's about these like relationships and how. They kind of like intertwine. It's and a messed up movie. It is very messed up. It's very sad and depressing, but it's fantastic. Oh, okay. Yeah, I haven't seen that. I'll check you it should out. check it out. Yeah. You think you'd really dig it. Okay. Um, Jude Law is so creepy in that movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's a writer, but uh, if I'm not mistaken, it's been a couple of years. He is a writer, right? I believe so. Cause, or is he just writing for Because isn't he getting his picture taken for his book jacket? Because that's why he meets Julia Roberts, because she does his photograph or something like that. Yeah. I, just I haven't rem- seen it in forever, but I, I love it. Hmm, I remember okay. him being on, um, you know, he and Clive Owen know each other because Jude Law is pretending to be uh, interested in him sexually, but he's pretending also to be a, a female. Hmm. So he's sitting there in bed and he's just writing and he's writing these graphic things and he's just laughing and smiling <laughs> while he writes them. Yeah, I'll, I'll have to check this out. It's really yeah, funny. Natalie Portman, is, her role in it is a little, it's, it's shocking. It's, yeah. it's shocking for, you know, such a wholesome Person, right? So it, it seems wholesome. Wholesome seems wholesome, but mm-hmm. yeah, it's it's really good. Okay, because cool. according to the Natalie Portman rap, she is not wholesome. Yeah, I think it's when uh, we really started to put two and two together. And wow, like, oh, you dirty, you dirty girl. <laughs> um, oh, and I did love her in Vox Lux last year, where she plays the pop star, which is she's. We amazing saw that at Redbox yeah. when we were looking at things, and I didn't because Jude Law's in that too. Right? Yes, yeah, and I was like, I hadn't heard of this. I it, don't it remember was, them promoting. It really it. came and went, so yeah, yeah. I mean, it's pretty under the radar. We'll have to check that out too because it is in, in Redbox right now. Yeah. Speaking of Jude Law, have you seen Captain Marvel yet? I, yeah, I'll be talking about that okay, a little bit cool. later. Yeah. yeah, I did check that out. So good, cool. Um, well, yes, yeah. the Swan of Black. Yeah. I, <laughs> And yeah, anything else about uh, Black Swan or Aronofsky? No, I will be, I'll be watching it. Yeah, soon. give it a poke. So you know. one of these um, special features on here says ten years in the making. Did it take him ten years to make this film? I don't know. I haven't watched it. He says uh, Natalie Portman and Darren Aronofsky discussed their creative journey from preparing for the role to dancing with the camera. So maybe it took a long time to get everything prepared for it. Maybe well, did she do her own like dancing? Did she have to like train? Maybe, Maybe. I, would, I would think. Yeah, I mean, I would yeah. think so. She did a lot of training for. Yeah, because I don't think there was really any use of body doubles for no, that. No, she, it was kind of wide shots and very close yeah, up too. She, I mean, yeah, she, she goes for it. So, and you know him; he doesn't really do a lot of takes. You know, or, oh, uh, oh, does or he cuts. Not? He oh. doesn't really cut a lot. Oh yeah, yeah. You know, with his films. Yeah. So. Maybe that's where it came in. Yeah, maybe. 
And I've never seen a ballet, so this will be like my introduction to a really messed up weird ballet. Yeah, yeah, and I, I've never seen a ballet live, and so I guess mm-hmm. the when I see Swan Lake, it'll be yeah, yeah. I'll have to see if I can find a Natalie Portman in there. You know? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I used to instruct ballet. Huh? I can see. Really? That. Yeah. Who's no. this? Never did. <laughs> Never did. Okay. I was about to say Sky. Couldn't keep it going. You know? didn't know where I was going with that. Uh, cool. Well, uh, out of five stars, Sky, it's a five. Heavy five for me. Yeah, it's a five. Yeah. It's a fiver for me. It, it really shows. Yeah. Definitely holds up. What about you? Huh. We'll see. Yeah. 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 yeah, get back to us. Yeah, you know. I'll let you know. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's a, it's a great film. Both of these films are really good films. I'm really happy to be on this episode doing... Um, you know these these two films because they're some of my favorites. Yeah, um, and, and even Stephen King recommended The Babadook. I'm seeing. I, I do remember. Yeah, deeply that. disturbing and highly recommended. So yeah. you know, I recommend both. Yeah, of these I just films. don't remember a lot of press about it at all, other no, than hearing that it was terrifying. Which yeah, it, it didn't really. really get much commercial success. Yeah, but. which critically it was it so well. Yeah, you know, both films too. I think people really talked about Black Swan, but it wasn't. Um, you know, nowhere near what I think films will be talked about today. Like, mm-hmm. if that movie was released today, it would be everywhere. Mm-hmm. T- totally. Yeah. You know, but I guess released in 2010, it just hadn't really taken over as much. Yeah. It's almost 10 years old. <sighs> God. You know, I think that's We're what's so old. Hey, did we talk about this last time? But it's so interesting to me that you can look at a movie that happened 10 years ago today and you can't really tell a style of difference, right? You can't yeah. really tell a difference in it. But if you look at a movie that came out in 2000 versus 1990, it's night and day. Yeah. You know, you can easily tell the difference in, style, in styles of filmmaking. Yeah. You can't do that anymore. Like when a movie was released in 2001, I can't tell you that it was released in 2001. And that's almost 20 years. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, especially the like late 80s, early 90s really had a very distinctive style as opposed to what? And then from 90 to 80, you can tell a style difference. Oh, for sure. From 80 to 70, you could tell a difference. And yeah. I guess it's because we entered digital. Something like that, yeah. You uh, know? Yeah. Maybe think, it just has the same look now. Yeah, and I think just like the outbreak of the internet and so many voices being put into the game and just the kind of culmination of styles yeah. coming together and, and all that. So, yeah. It's wild. Yeah. That's why when like when I think about it, I'm like, oh, I love Talladega Nights. It came out like five years ago. And I'm like, wait, no, that came <laughs> yeah. out like 15 years ago. Yeah, I know. <sighs> Man, but what a film. What a film. <laughs> I love Talladega Nights. One of my favorite comedies. <laughs> love it. Yeah. Well, but cool. yeah. Cool. Uh, all right. Well, I guess we can move on. Some, yeah, good reviews. Uh, I guess this week we can touch on the, if you all have checked it out, the Once Upon a Time in Hollywood yeah, trailer, we watched the trailer. The new Quentin Tarantino. Seen it twice. Hugely anticipated movie coming out in July, I think. What a year for films. Yeah. Truly. Yeah, we were just talking about that this morning. About like April. Everything that's coming out so soon. What's what's coming out in April? So we have uh Pet Cemetery. Oh yeah. Hellboy the next weekend. See, I gotta say, I just I, the new Hellboy is I'm not digging it. You're not it. on board. I'm not digging it. You, do you I, think you'll see it though? I'll see I'll see yeah. it, but I, I really I'm I'm looking forward to seeing Harbor's performance, but I really hope that it's almost like they're manipulating the audience and the people go see it and it's actually Ron Perlman without the Hellboy makeup on. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> I think that would just be great. Yeah. But yes, yeah, he I mean not him really in particular, but just the tr- both trailers have just not been doing it for me. For me, I'm so on board. Yeah. I'm ready. Well maybe we'll have to review it, you know. Yeah. We'll hash it out on the yeah. show. I'm sure it's going to be awful, but I'm well, very excited to see it. 
But uh, what else is coming out? Uh, and then I think isn't uh, Endgame coming out next month? Oh yeah, I guess at the end it's of in April. End of yeah, end of April. So I mean, every weekend I think I'll probably be in theaters to see something. Yeah. You and know? then in May, there's Godzilla, King of the Monsters. <laughs> Gosh. <laughs> yeah. You know, oh. I hated the first one. I see. I, I really loved uh, the. I hated Edwards. it because of the marketing. They were like, oh, yeah, check out Brian Cranston, his first role since Breaking Bad. You love Breaking Bad? You're going to love Godzilla. Oh, mm. he's dead in 10 minutes. Hmm. Yeah, I, I don't remember anything from the marketing, so I, <laughs> <laughs> I, can't, I can't attest to he that. He was in every trailer, like 90% of the trailer. Really? Yeah, 10% was Godzilla, which is essentially the movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, but no, the, the new one is just, oh, God. Yeah. It's just like the both all all the footage, like every sh- scene is just cloaked in um like shadow and fog and dirt and like just digital muck. Yeah, it just ah. Well, that's perfect for CGI heavy films. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, it, but just like it's almost so obvious that they're just cloaked, like sh- yeah. drowning it in that style. It's just not. I think that's why you know um, Pacific Rim Uprising. I didn't see it, but I think that's why that failed. And you know, I know you liked Alien Covenant, but when you show something in daylight when it's not shrouded in fog and grit and all that, it just looks terrible. Yeah. So you know, so um, I think that that has going for it. But yeah. I also think that Millie Bobby Brown is that her name? Yeah. Eleven. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. You know, from Stranger Things, it looks like a Stranger Things film now. Oh, I can see that. Yeah. You know, and I almost feel that that works against the film itself. Yeah. Yeah, when I saw the trailer, we were watching some movie, and I was like, oh, that looks a mess. It, yeah, it just looks like a mess, yeah. really. I'm uh, excited, though. I'll see it. I think we should do, like, <laughs> we should review it and, and, like, or go see it, like, Mystery Science Theater 3000 style, Oof. where you just mock it for, oh. you know, all its glory. Yeah, I mean, that's probably won't be that hard of a thing to yeah. do, you know. So, yeah. I'm going to get absolutely tanked <laughs> and go see this film. <laughs> do a live commentary, maybe? In the theater? <laughs> yeah. Annoy the In hell out of everybody? The whole time. Yeah. You can't video this film. I'm not videoing the film. <laughs> yeah. I'm videoing myself. We're making yeah. it better. Yeah. <laughs> Being very drunk. Yeah. <laughs> but, so. uh, yeah, no, I, um, I'm excited for Pet Cemetery though. Yeah, that comes out in like what a week or two, I think so. Yeah, but I mean, I was I was like when the first trailer came, I was like, man, this actually looks really good. Yeah, you know, so I love that. Like you know, people just keep doing Stephen King books. Like I mean, it's kind of that's just the thing to do now. Yeah, with the success so of so many remakes, yeah. so many because we have the the Doctor Sleep one. Yeah, right. Yeah, I know they're doing another TV show of uh, what's the big the huge the stand. Yeah, yeah. So I'm excited about it. Yeah. You know, when I, I have been meaning to read The Stand, I think I've read like 100 pages and then I spent a year off from it and then I went back and reread the 100 pages. That's as far as I've ever gotten. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a long one. So. It's like 1,500 pages. Yeah, but, all, but you've read It, right? I have read It. Yeah, disturbing, disturbing book. Yeah, and we, oh, we got the new one coming out. In yeah. Maybe August or September. Andy or Muschietti's sequel. Yeah. I hope it's better than the first. Uh, do you not I, like the first one? I, I, I no. She didn't like the CGI. Oh. It was too uh, much CGI, so okay. it took me out of the film, gotcha. and so it was very distracting to me because the the essence of the first one, um, the which was a mini series, um, was that this this creature, you know, Tim Curry's character of it was so terrifying. He didn't need as much, you know, effect on him. He was just a creepy person with the way he would look at you and he would just like you know like hover near you and just his presence was scary and then when they made the new one I felt like it was trying to do that but with effects that just looked not real mm-hmm. 
And so it kind of made, well, not kind of, but it made me very angry. That's fair. Yeah. She loves the scene, though. Uh, oh, when, my favorite scene. Yeah, go ahead to solo. With where <laughs> it's standing on the side of the road with the child's hand, and he's just waving. Oh, that's it's a the good. That's part of the that's, whole film. That's a good one. That's and a good one. the only time I jumped in the whole the whole time the whole movie was um, the bathroom scene where the girls in the bathroom oh, are yeah. like covered in blood. Yeah, and, and the, she turns. That, she has the hair. Yeah, of, yeah, that's, that's great. the only time I jumped. But my favorite scene is with the hand. I just <laughs> and there's a gif now with it. I'm just like, I love it. Oh lord, that's how she <laughs> says hello to me on, on, on Facebook. Just, yeah, yeah, little dead child hand just waving. No. Did you see? I just recently saw it. It's the alternate opening for the film. I have not. No, you should check it out. Okay. It's it's on one of the special features. It's really funny. Okay. Yeah, it's it's just purely for gag, and uh, so it's Georgie, you know, in his boat. It's going down towards the drain, and Pennywise picks it up. And he's like, "Hey, you want your you want your boat?" He's like, "Yeah." And he's like, "Okay, take it," and he's just like holding it up, and Georgie just takes it. And he's like, thanks, bye. <laughs> and and he's confused. He's like, huh? <laughs> you just hear Pennywise go, ah, oh, fuck. <laughs> so funny. Hmm. Okay, I'll check that out. And I feel like the film needed more of that humor in it, too, because the original uh, Gazebos? Had gazebos? It had, I liked the comedy in that. I did give it, you know, it did have a lot of that. But I feel like the, you know, the character of it did not have as much humor as the yeah. original like the scene in the library of the original one where he's like telling these really corny like cheesy what people would call now dad jokes yeah it's hysterical to me and yeah. it's just like t- so out of nowhere mm. I, I, but my heart is really towards that original one so yeah that's fair i was a little biased going in watching the new one and i was i was let down i was sitting i went with a big big group of people and everybody there was like terrified and cowering and i'm sitting in the corner like Oh my god! Give me a break here. Yeah, when is this over? I was so angry, hmm. but I mean, I I need to go back and watch it and not compare it to the original to yeah. maybe appreciate some of it. Yeah. Well, I mean, one thing about that movie that I always go back to is like it is in terms of the characters and the humor. It is just such a watchable movie. Yeah. And so, which is rare with a, a kind of a well, you had that kid from Stranger Things. Yeah. Too. Like he's so funny. Yeah. And so it is like as opposed to a lot of other films like it, it is just so watchable and entertaining. Yeah. Well, it's a so. coming-of-age horror film, essentially. You know, yeah. like these kids just playing in camp and stuff. But the second one, I'm so on board for it because it has Bill Hader in it. Yeah, the and I love oh, Bill yeah. Hader. Great. Yeah, yeah. It's going to yeah. be good. Barry season two is coming. Yeah, uh, did you see Barry? I, I have not seen Barry. It's okay, you need really to do that. Good. I will. Yeah. Binge it. It's so okay. good. Uh, but yeah, no, I'm very excited for the sequel. Yeah. For the It sequel. Yes. We'll have to go see It. It. <laughs> <laughs> um, so the... Once Upon a Time in Hollywood trailer. Yeah. So are y'all, I mean, Sky, I know you are, but Mm -hmm. uh, uh, Jessica, are you a Quentin Tarantino fan? I am. Uh, I haven't seen all of his stuff either because it's, you know, once again, it's Mm -hmm. a lot to take. Um, But I do appreciate a lot of his movies and and the art form and just because it's it's something fresh when he brings you something Mm -hmm. new. It's, It's just... It feels fresh and it's stylistic, and he thinks everything through, and I like that. Mm-hmm. So I definitely yeah. will be going to see it, especially since it has to do with you know Charles Manson. Charles Manson, because I'm all into like serial, serial killer stuff and oh, like great. murder <laughs> stuff, Wonderful. true crime <laughs> stuff. So, so I'm interested in that, and I'm interested to see if I will like a performance by Leonardo DiCaprio and Brad Pitt. Because I'm usually not a fan. Really? Yeah. I know. Controversy. Isn't, isn't she crazy? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> She's like I like some stuff, but um, a lot of times I just feel like a lot of Hollywood stars are overrated. Hmm. Well, I mean, you know, you're not wrong in some ways. Yeah. yeah. So I'm interested to see them together in in this context. But the trailer 
has already sold me. So yeah, yeah. See, I I love both, and um, you know, for me, it was Brad Pitt in in Fight Club. Yeah, and in Glorious Bastards. Yeah, I haven't seen that. See, my my favorite. It's just one of my favorite films is Interview with the Vampire. No. Uh, the assassination of Jesse James. Oh, with Casey Affleck. Yeah, like Brad Pitt is incredible. Yeah. in that, and so is Casey Affleck. But um, that one, and then also Inglorious Bastards as yeah. well, for sure. Um, but no, uh, with Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, it's insane to me how much Margot Robbie actually looks like. Um, yeah, uh, Sharon Tate. Yeah, and the guy who's playing um, Charles Manson, he was in Justified. Oh, uh, Timothy Oliphant. Nope. Nope, oh, oh no! Uh, uh, he the, played. Uh, he played one of the. I think one of the Crowder brothers. I don't. Dewey Crow. He played Dewey Crow. Oh. Justified, and uh, it's nice to see him again. Oh yeah, yeah, and uh, yeah. He, the movie just looks fantastic, and I, you know, I, they always have like these alternate history moments, right? Historical moments. Uh, in in Glorious Bastards, you had the bastards kill Hitler in a theater, and in this one, I really want Bruce Lee. To kill Charles Manson. <laughs> I, want, I don't know if it's going to go that far, but I really want it to just go off the rails. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, I, I wouldn't put it past Tarantino, so I, I hope so. You know, he's my favorite writer. Is he? Yeah, he is my favorite uh, screenplay writer, hmm. screenwriter. Well, with that said, what's your what's your favorite of his? Inglorious Bastards. It used to be Pulp Fiction, but I think over the years it's really been Inglorious. Yeah, it's Inglorious Bastards for me too. It's just so good. Yeah, it's a perfect film. Mm. You know, you need to see it. I know. Oh, I need to. I need, need to, to catch up. Gosh. Yeah. Uh, did y'all see? Uh, I'm sure you did, Sky. But did you see the Hateful Eight? I did not see that. I saw it in seventy millimeter. I, as did I. Were you? I know because that one was a bit of a, a little more divisive than some of his other films. Were you? It makes me want him to do a horror film, especially that sure. third act. Yeah. You know, with uh, Jennifer Jason Leigh. Uh, you know, it became almost like an Exorcist kind of moment with yeah. her. Uh, but no, I loved it. I, I think, you know, it was very reminiscent to Reservoir Dogs. Yeah, uh, definitely. You know, because it's a talker. And I, I did want more Kurt Russell, but the way that Kurt Russell goes out is still <laughs> so funny to me. Yeah. Because I, I, what I love about Tarantino is that characters that you love or actors that you love, they're not safe. Mm-hmm. They're not safe in his films. Odds are, if you like that character, if you like that actor, they're going to be dead very quickly. Yeah. And that's kind of how this worked, mm-hmm. you know. And it had uh, Walton Goggins in it too, and I love me some Walton Goggins. Oh yeah, he's sure. so good. He's where is he at? I want more of him. I don't know. He was in Ant Man. He was in Tomb Raider as well. Yeah, I love Tomb Raider actually. Did I hate you? nobody saw it. I, I I liked it. I mean, I thought it was better than what people said. Yeah, um, especially for a video game. Did you see Assassin's Creed? I did. What you think? Uh, Michael Fassbender is a good actor. <laughs> <laughs> he couldn't save that movie, but it was. Okay. I love the um, the past stuff, you know, it's, where he's it's actually incredible. an assassin. Yeah, great stuff. And then they went to the modern day, and, and I was it like, kills it. Yeah. "What are you doing?" I agree completely. You know, and if they would have just stuck to that formula of everything being in the past, it would have been a far better film. Yeah, but so, they didn't. Yeah, I forgot about it until you just said something about it. But no, I, I saw it in theaters. <laughs> I blacked it out. <laughs> yeah, I went with my mother and my brother on opening night. Oh man! So, I mean, I, I'll say. I mean, I like it. It is very flawed, yeah. and I uh, agree with everything you just said. Yeah, but I mean, the, the historical stuff is incredible. It has, it's incredible. Yeah. So this is also done by the same guy who did uh, Macbeth. Macbeth. Right. I love Macbeth. Yeah. Great. I love Macbeth. Yeah. Great stuff. Yeah. Uh, no, I think 
gosh, what's the next Michael Fassbender movie? He has Dark Phoenix coming out, which is being panned already. It's just, I'm not, Like, I don't top know. executives are even, like, not wanting it to be released. Yeah, I mean, because, and then also it's the same thing with that New Mutants. One. Yeah. That one's, I think people are saying it's going to be released on that Disney channel. Is it even being released? The last it's, I read, it's it was going to be released at, at some point, but. I don't think it's going to get a theatrical release, which is because it looked interesting to me. I thought it like it's a X Men horror film. Yeah, so wasn't that the one Ele- that we saw the trailers for? Yeah, they were teasing it for like two years ago. Wow, and then it's been yeah. shelved for Dang, so long. Yeah, a, wow. Yeah, it's like a Flatliners. <laughs> <laughs> oh god. <laughs> no, I uh, you know I think that's the best thing for X Men is the Fox and Disney merger. You know, you mean you can say what you want about Marvel films, but they make box office hits. And For sure. Unfortunately, with 20th Century Fox owning X Men, there has been a lot more misses than hits hmm. with the X Men universe. I still haven't forgiven them for X Men Three: The Last Stand. Oh yeah, so, and it's directed by a singer, Brett. No, it's Ratner? Brett Ratner. Which God, man, X Men directors are yeah messed up. Got they're two. messed up, <laughs> but that's unfortunate. Well, uh, Jessica, are you much of a comic book fan or no? Um. I haven't seen a lot of comic book films. I haven't seen any of the X-Men films. Um, only seen like a few comic book movies through you. And then, well, I had seen some like in the past, like when yeah. they first came out. And I just kind of like lost interest mm-hmm. because I felt like for a while they were just turning out so many. Yeah. It was hard to keep up with. And She did watch Captain Marvel with me. Yeah, then. I did go see that. Um, I enjoyed it. Um, I liked a lot of the nostalgia feel mm-hmm. of it. And I thought that was cool. But I haven't. Seen too much, mm-hmm. so we should really watch Logan together. <sighs> Logan is so good. Yeah, he's been telling me about that. Have you seen the black and white version? No, oh, but I'm good. sure it's terrific. It's amazing. Yeah, it's amazing. I still want to see the Chrome version of Mad Max. It's good. I, I like the colored version more, but the, the black and Chrome is very. It just good. Seems like it would be better colored. Yeah, you know, but I still want to see it. Yeah. Although one cool thing that I've said on the show before is the uh, night stuff that's you know blue, kind of dark, darkish blue. In that version, it's like a grayish purple. So it looks cool at the the night shots, but yeah. So, are we ever going to get another one? Is George Miller just hey, George got to get on it? Warner Brothers got to get <laughs> you know, please, please. What if he's working on like Babe Two? Well, that's I'll, what go, he's I'll go see it. I'll go see it. But <laughs> that pig is still alive. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh, uh, speaking of kind of comic book movies, have you all seen the trailer for that Superman esque? Like horror film, yeah, with James Gunn, yeah, yeah, where it's like the kid is, he's like if Superman it's an was evil bad. Superman. Oh yeah, so that looks interesting. I'm excited for it. Yeah, and I honestly, so we haven't talked about this because I think it just broke this last week. Is James Gunn getting back on Guardians Three? Yeah, and he's also doing the Suicide Squad, and he's also doing Suicide Squad too. So what's coming out first? Suicide Squad. Suicide Squad. Yeah, he's actually revamping it. Right? He is. Yeah. Although Margot Robbie is apparently still in it. Yeah. So it's gonna be a little messy in terms of. But Jared Leto, I think he's being replaced. And I think... Yeah. Well, I mean, because I think he's going to be in one of some sequel. I don't know what would you want. But we're going to have two Jokers at like the same time, essentially, because Joaquin Phoenix. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And Jared Leto. Yeah. And then maybe one, a new one for the James Gunn. Yes. (laughs) That's true. It's a lot going on. Yeah. It's a lot. I wish that they would just retire certain characters in the DC universe, Mm -hmm. you know, for like 10 years. Yeah. Like, I don't have to see another Batman. I don't have to see another Joker for 10 years. Yeah. Yeah, because it's that overkill. There are other characters. Totally. That's why I get turned off towards things. It's like, when it's shoved in my face so much, it makes me not want to go anywhere near it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's just too much, too soon, too fast. It's, you know, they're killing it. Yeah. 
you know, it's just like, um, you know, with, with X-Men, like, I don't need to see another Wolverine. I don't need to see another... No. Yeah, after Logan, I don't need to see one. That's a great way to end yeah. it, you know? You know, for at least 10 to 20 years. Mm-hmm. You know, just don't do not do it again. Don't do it. <laughs> and uh, same thing with, like, Iron Man, you know, or um, Captain America. Mm-hmm. You know, we just don't need to see those characters. You know, if this is the end and end game for those characters... Great. Great. <laughs> don't need to see them again for 10 years. Please. You know? And that's any other actor replacing them. You know, I don't need to see them. Yeah. Just let them, just let them rest for a little let, while. Let them go. Yeah. You have other characters. You have a plethora of other characters that you can use. Yeah. But. Cool. Well, uh, yeah, the Once Upon a Time in Hollywood trailer looks good. I love that we looks keep it. <laughs> <laughs> looks we good. go somewhere so far away from where we We need someone started. here to just wrangle us back in. So. But yeah, it looks great. I, I'm really excited for that. Yeah. It, it does look good. And um, I wonder how much we're going to get in it. You know, like mm-hmm. how much of um, the Charles Manson story are we going to get? I hope a lot because, you know, that's what I'm banking on and that's what I'm I'm excited for because that's the kind of stuff that I'm drawn to. I'm fascinated by by real life crazy people who do crazy things. And so I think and especially now that's become a very popular thing. Yeah. And people are are really latching on to that. Um so I, I feel like um if they're smart they'll focus on that a lot. I'm always I mean, that's an ongoing be a thing that people are always going to be fascinated with. I'm yeah. almost thinking it's going to be a backstory, though. Maybe. You know? In his backstory, I mean, you told me, I didn't know a lot of the stuff about Charles Manson until you told me, but his psychopath. backstory is, like, fascinating. <laughs> hmm. Like, I only knew the part of the murders. I didn't know about his singing career. and hmm. Yeah, and I'm not an expert on him so much. It be. is yeah. fascinating. He, like, um, so I don't know if you know, but, like, and if people are listening and they're like, you're wrong, just call me out on it, it's fine. <laughs> um, but, yeah, he was, like, you know, talking to the Beach Boys, you know, he was like hanging out with one of the members huh. of the Beach Boys, yeah. and they were like, you know, he was writing songs and he was doing all of this, and they were like, "Okay, Charles, yeah, you're going to be on this record with us." And he's like, "Great!" And then they ended up stealing some of his songs, and he heard his song on the radio, and he was like, "Hey, what's going on? This is my song. I wrote this song," and they pretended like they didn't even know him. Hmm. You know, so what song. I don't remember the song. He actually has music on YouTube. But he has YouTube. music, and you can hear it, and it's so weird to hear it's not bad. Charles That's crazy about singing it. these like sweet love songs wow. and then knowing who he became. Yeah. Trent Reznor has actually like went on record with saying, yeah, he actually has good music. Hmm. Yeah, I you think, know? what was it that they, they recorded like in... Yeah, they recorded Manson, in Sharon Tate's uh, house. Sharon Tate's house, yeah. That was, hmm. it was like Trent Reznor and, and uh, his band. And, and, and it was also with... Um, Marilyn Manson, yeah, uh, back back in the day. Jeez, yeah, they're no, like he, very, you know, into that kind of thing, and it's, it's dark. It's crazy to think that he actually was like a, a decent lyricist, and he actually was going to be, you know, somebody in the music industry. Mm-hmm. And then when that happened, he flipped a switch and went crazy. You yeah, know, just a little. He went a little crazy. Mm. <laughs> just a tad, yeah, you know? huh? That's interesting. I'll have to read read about that. Yeah, yeah you so. should. It's it's fascinating. Yeah, you know? so we'll see where the the movie kind of explores his life. What point of his life? Yeah, it focuses on because his whole life is just. It doesn't seem like the same person's life. It's just completely yeah different. Did I tell you when I went out to California? I actually, uh, so he actually has this. Um, Spawn Ranch is like where he he would go with his followers and they would like hang out and congregate there. I actually sought it out when I was there in California and drove, hiked through the woods to find this place 
found it. And there's this rock where they have this infamous picture with all of his followers. I found the rock, took a picture of myself at the rock. Sick. Sick. (laughs) I'm a sick person. (laughs) And uh, so, I mean, it's just, I don't know. I go through phases where true crime really fascinates me. And then like a certain point, I'm like, I don't want to talk about true crime anymore because I'm freaked out. Mm. Yeah, it's I'm fascinated by it because, um, well, just the psychology aspect of what makes people do these things. Yeah. It's one thing to to see it or hear about it in movies, but to know that this is real life for some people, that they they can get to that point where they can do these things to other people. It's just right. It's unfathomable. It's yeah. It's crazy. Well, Scott, we were kind of talking a little bit about that last week with the strangers, that kind of me- yeah. mentality, you know. So mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. I mean, it is kind of like darkly fascinating yeah. for a lot of people. So. It'll always be fascinating, and mm-hmm. you know, I think yeah. people can't get enough of it, and especially yeah. right now. That's it's... why the Ted Bundy files are like oh, blowing Lord. up on Netflix mm-hmm. yeah. right now. I love the memes where it's like, oh, uh, single or, or not single, but like white females, and it'll be like new crime murder case, <laughs> and they're like, huh. Their ears perk up. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like, you know what? That applies to everybody. Yeah. Everybody loves a good crime. Yeah. God, we still need to finish up the Slenderman documentary. Yeah, we were watching Oh, I haven't, I haven't watched that. Yeah. We were, it's I on HBO, heard of, I think. I had heard about it referenced in the news, but I didn't know the details of it. And, and it's it's crazy. Hmm. Like these children and how much they planned out this murder. Hmm. And there's one girl in the case, and she's just like straight up sociopath. She's so disconnected from the whole act of murder, hmm. and the way she describes it in the you know the video that they have of her. She's like the, twelve years old. Yeah, she's being detained, and they're asking her these questions, and just the way she's just like talking about it. She's like, you know, I was stabbing her, and it's just like stabbing here, stabbed her Jeez. like a lot. It's like nothing. It's an uplifting documentary. Yeah, very. it's very warm yeah. and fuzzy feelings. Wow. And stuff, yeah. Well, did y'all see the Slender Man? Drama? The no, no, <laughs> no that looked like a garbage fire. Yeah, that's what I heard. So <laughs> yeah, that's why I stayed away from it. I, yeah, I, I heard bad things. Yeah, um, I went on Creepy Pasta and actually started reading a little bit of it because it was all just like fan made stories, and um, it just it doesn't interest me. But I could see how a child would like look at this thing and be like, "Oh my god!" Yeah, what's well, almost like that the Momo challenge thing that was yeah. huge. Just, Apparently, that was all false though. Really? Yeah. I was looking at this um, this news article and they were like, uh, we do a verify segment at the station that we work at. And apparently it never really took off as much as people thought it was. Hmm. It was all like people sharing it and being like, oh yeah, people are actually doing this. It's crazy. Yeah. And, then and it's nobody was actually doing interesting. it. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Well, it's still weird. It's still Even weird. Even one person did it. You know, it's still it was weird. artwork too. Yeah. <laughs> it's not like this Japanese artwork. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood looks great. <laughs> great movie, can't wait. <laughs> I'm so excited. Yeah, I think that one comes out in, in July, so. And yeah. I think it's uh, going to be premiering at Cannes. I'm so, sure it is. So. I'm sure he'll get the Oscar. You yeah. know, I haven't even seen it, but I'm sure that it will win something. Yeah. You know, he always does. Yeah. What a guy. What a guy, Tarantino. He keeps saying he's going to retire, and he keeps making another well, film, and I really don't want him to retire. Well, I mean, he says he's doing 10 films. This is his ninth. Okay. Didn't he stop at eight? Didn't he say he was going to stop at eight before? I don't know. Maybe. But I think he's, at least now, it's 10, and he's on nine now. I with, want his last this. film to be a horror film. I know he's teased it. He wants it would be to good. It. it would be cool. I want him cool. to redo The Exorcist. Oh, man. That would be a Quite interesting take on it. Yeah. You know, like I hate remakes and I think that, you know, certain uh, movies should just be left alone, you know, and you can argue for The Exorcist. But if he wants to do The Exorcist, let him do it. Yeah. Let him do it. I would like to see how his his work would translate, you know, to a a scary 
film. I would like to see his vision for that. Yeah. If you see the last half of the last, you know, the third act mm-hmm. of Hateful Eight, it really does turn does into almost like a horror film. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because Jennifer Jason Lee, she's like covered in blood and she's like maniacal. Yeah. Because what I like about him is that he is willing to take it as far as possible. Yeah. And he doesn't back down and he doesn't apologize for it. And mm. I, I like that. That's ballsy. And yeah. I think it's great. And it works for him, you know. And I would argue, too, that a lot of, um, you know, from Dust Till Dawn oh, I love was that influenced film. by Quentin Tarantino. I think he definitely did the first half of the film. Yeah. Mm. I don't think this is, I don't know, I don't know much about, like, the filmmaking of it, but I'm pretty sure he did, like, the first hour. Yeah. And then Robert Rodriguez was like, I'm going to do the last I hour. I loved that movie. Yeah. Yeah. That was, that's, like, what I want out of a... A vampire you, movie. A go, like, you just go all in. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just kooky and bloody and weird and Cheech Marin plays, like, five characters <laughs> <laughs> in that movie. <laughs> and, I mean, and so he he wrote the screenplays for True Romance. Yeah. Right? And then he at least... He, he didn't like, get credit for it either, I don't think, right? Like, he know. had to fight for it. I, I know he said one of his proudest... Or his proudest writing is in that movie. It's some scene, and yeah. I can't remember which scene. But then he wrote or co-wrote "Natural Born Killers," mm-hmm. I think, as well. Yeah. So Oliver Stone, I'm not that he's, big of a fan. He's got to get back into. He's got to get back into his natural born killers territory. Yeah. No more Snowdens. No more. No more W's. So I did like W there. Did you? I did. Okay. I thought it was fun. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he was crazy. Okay. It really showed George Bush to be crazy. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. Uh, but I love Josh Brolin too. Yeah. Have you seen Savages? I did. I love Savages. As do I. Yeah. I really enjoyed it. It's one of those I keep forgetting about though. Yeah. But when I when it came out on, uh, you know, I, I saw it in theaters and then when it was released on Blu-ray and DVD, I bought it immediately. And I honestly think it's just been sitting on my shelf. Mm-hmm. But I loved it. Yeah. Great movie. Mm-hmm. I love how the ending is a, a middle finger to the audience. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and oh, I, re- I read the novel or I listened to the audiobook of it and it's very good. Nice. It's very over the top and funny. Nice. So, yeah, it's good. Have uh, you considered doing audiobooks? I haven't. Apparently, there's like a big market for it. I don't know how I would get, I don't know how one gets into the narrating of audiobooks. I don't know. I was going to start off small and do like Dr. Seuss. <laughs> okay. Like one fish, two fish, <laughs> three fish. Let me know how that goes. I will. You know, if that if there's a market there, I'm I'm in. <laughs> so, <laughs> who knows? Sky might be like five minute books. Yeah, Sky. In ten years, it's going to be huge. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited. Gonna, yeah, I'm excited. So, okay, well, cool. Uh, I guess we can move on into some listener questions. So, the FilmBuds Podcast at Gmail is the address that you can reach us. Also on Twitter at FilmBuds and on Facebook and on Instagram. So we're we're everywhere. So please, if you're a new listener or if You've been listening for a while. Please send us any questions, comments, criticisms, whatever, you know. Uh, so, yeah, so the first one we got is I was telling Sky beforehand, uh, we did get one for that included both him and Jacob, um, and but we'll save the one for Jacob uh, next time he's on. So this one is from uh, Samantha in Portland, Maine. So Cool. Uh, she says, hi, film buddies. Great show last week. Would love to have those guys on more often. There you go. Just in case, here are some questions that maybe they may be able to answer the next time they're on. Uh, Sky, since you seem to be a pretty big John Carpenter fan, what would you say are the first films of his to watch if if I haven't seen any? He's a blind spot in my watch list, and I figured I would ask your advice. Also, what's the main reason you are so fond of his works? Thanks to everybody for keeping the show up and going. 
That's a good question. Yeah. But yeah, we'll answer the one with uh, Jacob the next time he's on. So yeah, we'll put it in the bank. Okay. But uh, Scott. Uh, you know, for me, John Carpenter, you, you should probably start knowing that you're watching some films that are a little dated. Mm-hmm. You know, if you've been conditioned to watching these these new horrors, you really got to take a step back and really appreciate filmmaking from the 1980s, even late 70s. Mm-hmm. Um, so giving that, I wouldn't start off with um, Assault on Precinct 14 or whatever. 13? 13, that's 13. it. And I would I would probably start with Halloween one, great film, great film, and then I would jump into the thing, and just be aware with the thing <laughs> that what you're getting into is a, it's a lot different. It's much more different than than Halloween. Mm-hmm. Um, listen to our review of it. Yeah, last listen week, to so. our review, <laughs> which you did. <laughs> yeah. And uh, you know, I, and then I would probably go to the fog. Because I really enjoyed the fog. I love the fog. I, I really love the fog. It's it's creepy. Pre Pirates of the Caribbean. Yeah. It's it's very pretty too. It's a very it is, pretty yeah. film. Yeah. I love how he did the the the, the pirates. Uh, that's right, you heard me say pirates. There's pirates. <laughs> love pirates. <laughs> and um, you know I really love Escape uh, from New York. Uh, a lot of people don't really appreciate it as much as I do. I like it. I like it a lot. I love Kurt Russell. So if you're a Kurt Russell fan, Snake Plissken is is and, a great. Character. And you can see how many films have been inspired by that yeah. style and that concept. So. Yeah, it's definitely inspired a lot of films today. Um, and then, you know, you could experiment further with what he wants with what he did. Uh, his films, kind of for me, you know, I think they they do drop off in quality a little bit. I, I love John Carpenter, but like I hold him to a standard. And, um, you know, his, his films definitely do take a hit mm-hmm. after, after that one. Um, in the mouth of madness is weird. Mm-hmm. You could probably skip that if it's too weird for you. Um, I love vampires. Vampires is a great nineties film with James Woods and it's, it's fun. It's campy. It's fun. Do not take it seriously and you'll have a great time. Probably have some drinks if you're able to drink. And <laughs> if you're not, don't consume alcohol. It's bad for you. Yeah. <laughs> Drinking is bad. <laughs> Drinking is bad unless you're over 21. <laughs> uh, and uh, yeah, I, I think what f- for me is he, he pioneered the, the horror industry, at least for me. You know, Toby Hooper came out and he did Texas Chainsaw Massacre. And of course we had... George A. Romero with zombies. We had um, uh, Alfred Hitchcock with Psycho. But for me, John Carpenter, he he really established the horror industry, horror mm-hmm. filmmaking. And um, I, I think that if you really study film and you, you look at those films, especially those, uh, you can definitely see how he has inspired so many filmmakers yeah well i mean he he did kind of help to popularize that the kind of genre movie in yeah. a way you know so yeah he did definitely had an effect and he does it with like you know a small budget he he has familiar actors in all of his films if you've seen one of his films you'll probably see them in, in other films which that is he's an, done. which is another trend almost it's a trend so. yeah you know i mean you see judd apatow doing that with his troupe you know quentin yeah. tarantino does it with his films yeah um and his his music Mm-hmm. Like you can tell that he when he when he makes a film, he is all on board with that film, whether it's good or bad. And for me, that's that's something that's 
that's very good. I compared them. I compared him with with Wes Craven. Hmm. You know, because yeah, they totally. came out around the same yeah, time. Very similar. They have very similar styles. I really, yeah. I don't know if they were friends or if they were like combatants, but I really feel like they were like the Fox and Disney at the time. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, you know, like mm-hmm. they were like, I'm gonna make this movie. I'm gonna make this movie. I'm yeah, make I think this a lot movie. of their stuff gets kind of like confused. They do. The two. Yeah. Like people will be like, oh, that Wes Craven film, um, the thing, and I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah. Or John Carpenter's Nightmare on Elm Street, and I'm like, nope. Yeah, it's easy. Nope. Easy to do that. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, you know, and for me. John John Carpenter, he 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 had some good visions, and he he took them and he made some great works. So if you're really starting to get into to John Carpenter, I would suggest going that way and looking at it in a historical way. Yeah, you know. Well, Jessica, are you much of a fan of his or any of his films or? It's like Halloween or yeah, thing. Yeah, and I went back um, and I watched Halloween again after we watched it's the so new funny. one, and oh, it's yeah. like completely different. It is yeah. than the new one. Like the it's so like the new one. It's just like bam, bam, bam. A lot of stuff's happening, and then you watch the old one, and it's it's like you said earlier about the um, the other film we were talking about. It's it's a slow build, and you've yeah. you've got that you know that just that uneasiness throughout the film, but yeah. not a whole lot is being thrown at you, mm-hmm. but. And then when you look at the other movies that are out during that time, like I went back and I rewatched the first Friday the Thirteenth. It's the same way, mm-hmm. and it's that kind of style where it's like just enough to where you're 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 kind of watching it through that character's eyes, mm-hmm. and it brings you into it where you feel like you know this is happening to you as well while you're watching it. And I right. like that style, and I like that it's very, you know, compared to today's films, it's it's low key, but it resonates. Yeah, totally. Well, you also you know it's we're going to go back to to Halloween is, you know, he, he gave Nick Castle, at least he gave Michael Myers personality, you know, and that's something that you didn't really expect. Like, you know, you have like the serial killer who's going around and I can't really, I don't know if he was a serial killer. Um, I guess you could say he was. Yeah. Um, but he is, he's going around, he's killing these people and then he kills, uh, the boyfriend of, um, one of the characters in the film, and he tilts his head as he's mm-hmm. hanging up on the wall. And that is something that's so subtle, but it was something that was so unexpected for that time. And for me, when I when I watch a movie that takes place that long ago, I try to put myself in the audience of that that time. Mm-hmm. And just to see that for the first time and to, to know that, you know, like, oh, he's observing his work mm-hmm. or he's, he's really thinking about it, I think that's very unsettling. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think that that idea or that style is really interesting just because like thinking of other movies like um or even something like the purge or god there was some other one that i was thinking of where it is like that kind of tilting of the head where it's like and and knowing the person is kind of a sociopath Mm -hmm. or psychopath and it is such little things but it's Mm -hmm. clearly had a yeah films like that have had an effect they're they're restricted by you can't see their face they have to they can't give facial expressions they have to do this you know body language to kind of show something different mm-hmm. and i think that they 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 had that going for them back then whereas today it's like we're so conditioned to to see things you have to like spell it out yeah and back then it was very subtle mm-hmm. and it's a, it's art mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. yeah that being said if you do watch halloween and you make a drinking game out of it there's a great <laughs> horrifying drinking game that you can make out of that movie where you take a drink Every time that you see Michael Myers standing and no one notices him, <laughs> you will die of alcohol poisoning. Because <laughs> people will be walking and he's just standing there like creepy. Yeah. 
and no one notices them. Mm-hmm. And that happens so many times in the movie. I love the. I think one of my favorites is the where he's. It's at night, and it's he, he's standing across the street, and I think yeah. someone's looking through like blinds or something. Oh, mm-hmm. is he like in the carport of the? Yeah, I yeah, think that's yeah, the yeah. And it's just like purely how it's sh- not him really in particular, but just how he's shot. Yeah, it's so iconic. Yeah, you know? and yeah, it's great. Mm-hmm. The lighting and the cinematography and the, mm-hmm. and the music. Yeah, it's just. You know, I mean, you can't really go a Halloween without hearing the Halloween theme song. Yeah. You know? Yeah, and it's the theme of, like, you know, the babysitter being stalked. Yeah, that's that's a big and thing, it's, yeah. Yeah, that's, you know, everything has been drawn off of that. And, mm-hmm. and it's, you know, a classic theme through movies. Yeah. And that being For said, sure. too, you can honestly skip Halloween, too. You could probably skip Halloween, too. What about the others? <laughs> you of... know, the other ones are great. They're gems. <laughs> 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 no, I... Uh, I, I do have a soft spot for all the Halloween films. I, I actually like two. Um, but I do too. For for me, Halloween two. Uh, I, I don't really, you know. I growing up, I did enjoy the idea of them saying, "Hey, they're related." Yeah, you know. And then with the new one that came out, they completely got rid of that idea. And at first, I was kind of against it because you know I was a purist. Um, but now I, I really do consider it to be a flaw mm-hmm. in the franchise. Yeah. What, that they don't have them be related? Right. Well, I think the... I like it better when they're not because they... Right, that's what I'm saying. I yeah, do. Yeah, because the theme of like it's just chaos at this point. It's, it could be anybody mm-hmm. is what's scary. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, the issue with those franchises is the more they try and explain things, the worse it gets. Yeah. yeah. Just because it's more interesting to be like, I wonder why he's doing that. Exactly. So. I'm a big fan of like, don't show me things and don't tell me things. Let my imagination draw whatever conclusion because mm-hmm. if you explain it to me it's probably not going to be as scary as what i have in my mm-hmm. head so, and then you also might not be able to relate to that right you know so yeah so the the idea that it's just random is is far more scary than hey it's you know so and so's brother yeah. right and he's pissed at her for something you know? yeah like without halloween i really don't think that we would have had movies like friday the 13th um nightmare on elm street yeah. Or Scream. Mm-hmm. You know, I really think that those movies were heavily inspired by by Halloween. Mm-hmm. So it's definitely, mm-hmm. you know, it has a legacy. Yeah. And if we didn't have The Fog, we wouldn't have Pirates of the Caribbean 5. Dude, Sky. that's, you know what? <laughs> Maybe we should just sacrifice The Fog <laughs> at this point. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, And also with John Carpenter, just go in expecting to have fun. Because his films, even if they're like quote unquote scary, they're just pulpy kind of fun movies. And they sound great. Yeah, They're sound creepy sound music. Great, yeah. and what's, everything. what's the name of that movie? Showdown in Little Tokyo. No, that's um, not it. Big. That's a different movie. Big, big Trouble in Little China. Yes. Oh, I like yeah. that. It's yeah. silly. It is very, very silly. silly. Very silly. It, and if you want to have fun, and if you want to be completely taken, uh, taken aback, and just watch that movie. Yeah. Watch it immediately after watching all the films that I mentioned earlier, <laughs> and you'll be like, "What the heck is this?" Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's unlike anything else he's ever done before, except yeah. for maybe Ghost of Mars. Mm. Yeah. Terrible movie. Haven't seen it. Don't Me see either. it. Jason Satham's like first film. Oh, great. I Gosh, what a I love Jason actor. Satham. Oh, do you? I love Jason oh, Satham. Man. Oh, but every one of his movies, you have to be like, okay, I'm just going in to laugh and have yeah, fun. Yeah, that's, that's true. true but true. this movie makes no sense, which sounds like a Jason Satham film, but this movie really is <laughs> Pretty <bad>. accurate. <laughs> <laughs> God, come on. Lockstock, Two Smoking Barrels. Oh, yeah. Snatch. Yeah. I loved Snatch. Yeah. I couldn't understand half of what. No. Um, what was it? Brad Pitt's character? Or yeah. Something? Yeah, I couldn't understand half of it, but it was fun. Yeah. 
trying to go along for the ride. Yeah. I love Jason Statham. Hmm. We'll talk about that later. (laughs) (laughs) Well, yeah. So, uh, yeah. So thanks for the email, Samantha. Thank you, Samantha. Okay. So the other one we have this week, uh, is from, on, it was on Twitter. It's from, I only forgive. Okay. Uh, says, dear fellow film podcasters, so maybe uh, they do one as well, uh, with cool. the Netflix show Love, Death, and Robots, hey. uh, throwing a bit of a curveball on the typical TV show format formula, as well as David Fincher's comments on that, do you think shows like this could cause the industry to make more shows with varied runtimes, as well as sticking more to the anthology format? Y'all run a killer show, so thanks as always. I hope so. Yeah, we just finished it a few days ago. Finish the whole series. Um, I liked it. I think for for me, you know, people's attention spans are are shrinking because there's so much going on in the day. And when you have different run times, especially when they only make say thirty minutes, you can just sit down, watch two or three episodes, and you've only spent thirty minutes. Mm-hmm. That's you know? what I liked about it. Yeah. and that's great. And they're all different. So they're yeah. all different. You know, the animation quality changes, the narrative mm-hmm. changes, everything about it just changes. Mm-hmm. Uh, except for maybe thematically, you know, because it's all dealing with technology. Yeah. yeah. But <clears throat> for me, I want more. Mm-hmm. When I finished that series, I, I turned to Jess here and I was like, I want more. Yeah. I want more of that. Mm-hmm. Well, apparently Netflix is doing something where they're like finding the most popular episodes from shows like that to possibly turn into a whole show. Oh, cool. Including yeah. uh, Love, Death, and Robots, various episodes in that. So. Yeah, we definitely had favorites yeah. from that. He had a his favorite um, was different than mine. Yeah. And um, I loved Zima Blue. That was my favorite. I don't know if you've seen it yet. It's about the man who's like a robot and he's talking to a woman and he's talking about his life. No, I've not seen that one yet. It was... It's a beautiful episode. It's one of those, like when you're watching it, you're not really... You're kind of like, you're just like, okay, you don't really have a feeling towards it. And then the ending, when it kind of does the reveal and the conclusion, it's just beautiful. Yeah. Well, one of my or the last one I watched, which was one of my favorites, was the uh, the guy who uh, is in space with the girl, and the, she tries to get him to I don't know, um, and it's like there's the twists on that their reality and is that the one oh, where they're in the yeah. pods? Is that the one you're talking about where they're in the pods and so it's like he shows up or he's this girl comes into like their spaceship. yeah he wakes up right yeah and then. They spend some time together, like romantic time. Yes, mm-hmm. that was yeah. a great yeah. episode. Very good. Yeah. Um, and then I love the I love the first one, the monster fighting. Me one. too. Like yeah. when Sona, I, Sona's Fury or yeah, something. Like when I saw that when that started, I was like, this show is amazing. That anime <laughs> quality yeah. is just amazing. Yeah. Yeah, and, yeah then, and I felt like that one was very you know like different than all the others too. It was that one I could see being turned into something. Yeah. Like a totally. Bigger, yeah. Out of all of them, I, I could see that one being great a, premise. A, yeah, yeah. It was. It was really good. And then my other favorite would be the uh, the girl who sees the murder. Yeah. I love that animation quality is uh, it's above anything else right now. Yeah. Like I loved that, and even cinematography wise, like mm-hmm. it was just beautiful. Mm-hmm. The wide shots. What about you, Sky? For me, um, you know, I, I loved a lot of the episodes. I, lo- I think I only disliked maybe two. Um, but there was one in particular that I was like, man, if I, if I could sit down and write a movie, a feature movie off of one episode, it would be shifters. Did you see shifters yet? What's it about? It's the military episode. Don't think so. Okay. Uh, so without revealing too much, um, because it is new and I don't want to spoil anything, 
but it's these, um, they're in the military. It's these two friends and they happen to have abilities. Um, and the military utilizes their abilities to further their advancement in enemy territory. While also treating them like second-class citizens. While also treating them very poorly, Mm -hmm. and they don't respect them, but they're happy to have them almost, not really, not really Well, they're just benefiting from them. They're benefiting from them. They really don't like them. They don't like them. They don't want them to feel welcome, but they are being used. Hmm. The things that they can do are, it's really beneficial. Hmm. And um, I don't want to reveal anything about it, but... It's when you see it, you'll understand why I like it so much. Yeah, <laughs> but I, I I do enjoy it. I enjoyed all of them, and really all of them could be made into movies. There was one that actually reminded me of Gundam. Hmm. I don't know if oh, you've oh, seen that one. Is yet. it the farmland? One? Yeah, the yeah. farmland. Oh one. yeah, that was. I fun. liked that one a lot. Yeah, that was yeah. fun. Yeah. Um, but going back to the question, well, I mean, in, uh, yeah, in terms of the format thing, I would actually just because I have talked about getting kind of bored with, I guess, quote unquote, regular shows where it is just like you know. 10 hour long or right. 10 one hour long episodes. And so I think doing something like this where I can sit down for 10 minutes, right. watch an episode, be like blown away, yeah. then go off and do my yeah. thing. And with them um, being, you know, individual things, you don't really need to exactly. sit and keep the storyline going. Yeah. So it's mm-hmm. kind of like a little free form kind of thing you can sit yeah. down to. Like you, you can watch one in January and then watch one in December and yeah. not have yeah. lost anything. Yeah. yeah. So And I think I'm getting kind of burnt out on the whole hour plus long episodes of things. It's a lot to take on and it's a lot to ask somebody to sit down and devote that much time Mm -hmm. to something. And I think that's why when we went a few weeks ago and watched Russian Doll, that was, you know, only 20 20 minutes Yeah, we reviewed that. Yeah, Yeah, that was much more accessible Mm -hmm. and it went by faster than sitting down and knocking out, you know, hour, 15-minute episodes Mm -hmm. of certain shows. So it's almost like I think you're going to get a bite on that kind of show where people are going to be like, oh, this is shorter... I will watch this. I'll give it a try. Yeah. I do like that they're going through, and apparently they have four different orders that they're giving people. You know, like they're assigning four different orders. I've been talking to people. Right. I I was wondering about that. I was going to ask you because to you guys, the first episode was the same. But when I was talking about the love, was it love death robots? Um, Some It went in a different order for my friends that I was talking to. Huh. Yeah, they couldn't understand what I meant by the first episode. There are four oh. different orders oh, that people I didn't are know getting. That. Yeah, we got the same order, but other people were getting different orders. Yeah. So we had the, the monster, right? Okay. Yeah, because when I was talking to my friend, he was like, "I said the first episode," and he's like, "Nope, that's not the." F-. I was like, "What's happening?" So <laughs> that clarifies it. Huh. Yeah, 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 I do love order. that. Okay, cool. The series itself reminds me a lot of Black Mirror, which for me, I'm waiting for more Black Mirror episodes because it's it really is one of my favorite series. Um, and for me, this, this kind of helped me just be like, okay, cool. You need a fix? Here's your fix. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, cause it deals with technology. It's very depressing themes half the time, especially, um, the one that she really likes. Yeah. I love depressing stuff. Um, and it's beautiful. And it, <laughs> Love, Death and Robots, it really isn't a happy show. There's Not maybe really. like one or two episodes that have been really happy, um, and for me, like, I think they only have, like, one comedy. Mm. And that was the Three Robots episode, which I thought was hilarious. Yeah. Oh, and maybe the the yogurt, when the yogurt took over. Oh, yeah. World. Yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah. <laughs> the yogurt one. I love the yogurt one. I was one. just like, okay, let's, uh, <laughs> I'm in. Um, but no, great, great show, great format. I, I really like what Netflix is doing, mm-hmm. especially with, like, things like Bandersnatch. And now this, I, I hope they keep experimenting. Yeah. Um. Yeah, it's definitely in the vein of something like David Fincher, where it's very cynical and yeah. Um, it's it's also created by the guy who directed the first Deadpool. 
I believe. Hmm. I think so. And he, he he also designed the amazing opening title sequence for uh, Fincher's Girl with the Dragon Tattoo, mm, the opening title sequence. Yeah, so that kind of dark, glossy. I can see that. Yeah. yeah. So we're going to kind of divert topics again because that's what that's, we do that's here. Fine. That's fine. That's what we do. Yeah. And uh, did you see the new um, Girl with the... The Girl in the Spider's Web? I yeah. did, yeah. Well, how was it? Because I know that you're <sighs> a very much a David Fincher it's, fan. Oh, well, it is directed by the guy who did Don't Breathe. Oh, it is? Yeah. Fin- yeah. I wish okay. Fincher had done it, but it's it's okay. Right. I it's, knew that. That's why I didn't know if you would enjoy it. It's it's watchable. It's it's just it's trying to be like Jason Bourne. Like they're okay. they, they turned that's her That's what it felt like. Yeah, they turned her into an action character, which is not at that's, all what yeah. she is. That's not what she is. No. Yeah. yeah. And so I mean it's if you have no attachment to it, or even if, if you do, it's it's perfectly entertaining, watchable movie, but it's nowhere near the the interest of the the original Swedish ones or yeah. the that's Fincher. the only one I've seen is the the Swedish one yeah and he's uh, done with that series right like Fincher I wish is. I well when it first came out the the uh, Fincher one it was supposed to be a whole trilogy and they mm-hmm. had assigned him and Rooney Mara and Daniel Craig to do three right and they did two right they just just they just one. did the one yeah just because it didn't make enough money uh, I, I guess and then they scrapped it which is so annoying yeah and I think with the the Spiderweb one. Wasn't that the book where the original author died? It's, it's halfway the fourth through? book, and so it was written by someone else. Yeah, because they so. had to finish it because the guy he, he died while he was yeah. writing it. Yeah, and so it's very chronologically mm-hmm. weird. But I mean, it's it's fine, you know. Yeah. It's it's a time waster. So, <laughs> but uh, yeah. Well, anything else about uh, Love, Death, and Robots? Yeah, no, just or, watch the, or it. the format, um, or the format of it rather. But yeah, I mean, I, <laughs> the the show itself is great, and I love the format because, like I said, the times. That they have for it and the order change, I think it's just brilliant. Yeah, the order change thing is very yeah, yeah. And in terms of anthology series, I love an anthology series mm-hmm. where I don't have to commit to a character, right? And then they're gone in one episode. Yeah, there are so many series where I'm like, okay, well, I want it to be a one season and done. Mm-hmm. Stranger Things. Let's take Stranger Things for example. When Stranger Things ended, I was like, okay, great. I want this to be an anthology series. I want season two to be new characters, all that stuff. And then they didn't. And they were like, no, we're going to keep bringing these characters back. And for me, season two wasn't as good because of that. Mm-hmm. I think with the the way Stranger Things could work is if it was an anthology, then it would be, you know, and you can do anthology seasons, kind of like um, Honing a Pill House. Right. Where the next season is going to be a whole different cast, a yeah. whole yeah. different setting. And same thing with uh, American Crime Story. The, yeah. There's OJ, and then the next one was the Gianni Versace mm-hmm. yeah. assassination. So Yeah. So if you, like, I feel like, you know, that's what... That could be what shows are going towards. Yeah. Because there is a lot of success in that. I wish movies, more movie franchises would do that as well. Yeah. Kind of uh, something like, um, almost like Fantastic Beasts Mm -hmm. or something where it's like, you kind of drop the overarching narrative and it's just a singular individual story each time. I think that's what they're doing with Star Wars after this one, Yeah, yeah, kind of. After this last one. Yeah. I know they're going to a different... Because it's like, I always loved it with Star Wars because it's like in a galaxy far, far away. I'm like, okay, great. What about if we had another galaxy? Yeah. What if there was another one, guys? <laughs> we could do that. Yeah. You know, we don't have to have, you know, the Force. We don't have to have lightsabers. We don't have to have Jedi and Sith. We can have all these other things. Yeah. Keep the, keep the lightsabers, maybe. <laughs> you could. You could. Or you yeah. could develop, like, how, you know, other forms of lightsabers. I yeah. Think that'd be cool. Like, a light pistol. <sighs> that'd be cool. <laughs> We're gonna have a light nuclear bomb. Yeah. 
the series is writing itself, Sky. You know, it's. I think I think we're on to something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, cool. Uh, all right. Well, thanks again for the emails, y'all. And again, feel free to send us any questions or comments on social media or through the email. And all of that is in the uh, show notes, and so you can get those links really easily. So I guess we can just end off with our picks of the week. So just kind of, have y'all been watching anything good? Oh. Oh goodness, what have we watched? Well, we watched. Well, I fell asleep during yeah. the movie last night. That's my theme. Um, Fall asleep during But you liked it. You liked what you saw. I liked what I saw. I just, you know, I've been working a lot. And mm. so I was just, every time I sit down to watch a movie, I end up falling asleep. Yeah. But yeah, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, uh, really well done. And apparently I'm really good at uh, picking out voice actors because hmm. yeah. as soon as Marshala started talking, I was like, oh, that's, that's Marshala. He pays Ali. attention to these things. Whereas <laughs> I'm like, I don't know. And I just literally finished watching the third season of True Detective and didn't figure out as the same oh, yeah. person. I'm like, he has this superhuman ability mm. to find songs and voices. It's and a things. very marketable skill. Sky. I'm a god. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, yeah. <laughs> no, uh, no I, I really enjoyed it. I thought the performances uh, were fantastic. Mm. And, and the animation. The animation is just yeah, it was really cool. So good. I was like, it looks like when you take your 3D glasses off in a 3D movie, that's what that animation looks like. Right. You know, I um, I don't want to talk too much because it still is a new movie, but I did want more of certain characters. You know, yeah, they I were very agree. limited, and I I wanted more. I loved Miles, but honestly, now I I really hope this opens the door to a bigger franchise where they're like, hey, you want noir Spider Man? Here you go. Here's Nick Cage. <laughs> for two hours playing Spider-Man. Please, please. I want that. You know, yeah. I want John Ham or um, John Mulaney's Spider uh, Spider Pig. Mm-hmm. I want that. Mm-hmm. You know, Peter Porker. I, I, I want that. <laughs> yeah. And uh, so I really hope I really hope that we're that we get those. That we with we get those. Yeah. I can't talk today. That's okay. <laughs> That's this right. is the worst day for me not to be able to talk. That's okay. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and uh, I guess have we watched anything else? Well, we went me? to see Captain Marvel, and um, yeah. What else have we? Watched? Oh yeah, we need to talk about Captain Marvel because you oh, yeah. saw it. Yeah. So, uh, well, I mean, I've talked about kind of my growing disinterest a little bit in some of the Marvel films, just because I mean, I, there's not one I I would say I dislike, but it's just the style starts to feel a little too similar to this me. This one felt like Thor, didn't it? It almost felt yeah. like the first Thor. Uh, yeah. And so this one, I was kind of going. I was curious, and I'll say. Um, I think it's almost purely because of the Captain Marvel character and also with Brie Larson, not really anything else. But I would say this is probably the best one since Winter Soldier. Wow. I, I wasn't I, I haven't really liked the like Avengers and Infinity War. I like Black Black Panther a, a decent bit, but I, I thought cinematography in Black Panther is great. Yeah. Um but I, I loved the I thought finally there was a character that was kind of a little more grounded, a little more relatable and um I, I thought Brie Larson was fantastic. And I, I do wish that it had kind of stuck to, like, I think the first half is a good bit better than the second half. Yeah. Like, there's a point where there's this, uh, she gets on the subway, you know? Mm-hmm. Up until that point, I was absolutely loving it. I felt was like, like 20 it, minutes in. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> it might be. But, um, and I kind of wish that the film hadn't gone as much into the kind of just normal Marvel kind of plot where, like, they're having to go into a secret place and break out and stuff like yeah. that. But I thought it was... Very entertaining. I, I loved Brie Larson in it. Um, and I thought Jude Law was quite good as well. He's so good at everything yeah. he does. Yeah, and had a bit of a uh, Guardians of the Galaxy feel at the beginning, you know, with those yeah. color, you know, colors and all that. But I, I thought it was quite good. The pacing I had a bit of an issue with. I felt like there were certain points where I felt like it was going to end, but then it had a whole other fight to go. Yeah. You know, and so that stuff I would say the filmmaking was not 
It wasn't great. up to par. No, but I think that the Captain Marvel character really got it. Yeah. Uh, it was good for me, so. I thought it had a great soundtrack, but I definitely agree with the pacing. The pacing issue for me was, like, I just, I, I didn't feel attached to Captain Marvel. Hmm. You know, um, Claire, right? That's her name, Claire? I don't remember. I'm sorry. I, I don't remember I, I, either. If we have any Marvel fans out there, nah. I'm sure they're like yelling at me. Uh, I can't remember actually. But like, um, yeah, like I just, I don't know. It, it, I just didn't really grow attached to her. I really wanted, because this is kicking off a new a new generation of superheroes. You mm-hmm. know, like if that is the plan, I wanted this to be more like Iron Man, where I wanted the first half of the film to be an introduction of who she is. And instead, I think we almost got like, oh, you already know Captain Marvel. Right. You know her a little bit. So we're not really going to deal too much with an origin story for Captain Marvel. See, I I think I may have actually, I think I liked that about it. Did you? I think. Just because maybe, because there are just so many origin stories these days, you know. I love a good origin story. I know. (laughs) Like Batman (laughs) Batman, uh, Begins. Love it. Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, But yeah, I I did like it quite a bit. So I'm. I'll see in game four Captain Marvel probably. <sighs> I'm so excited. I'm not ready for it, but I'm excited. Although I'm just I'm just dreading that runtime. I don't I don't want to sit I there for three six hours. hours. Oh man. Oh my God. I can't do it. <laughs> like um, here's the thing. If if those characters are leaving for good, I need thirty minutes with each character saying goodbye. Yeah. <laughs> I need moments. <laughs> I need moments with these characters. You know, so um but yeah. No, I understand. Mm. I understand that. I'm excited for Shazam. Yeah, that that's looks, been getting really good reviews. Yeah, good. so yeah. you know, I think this could be. I loved Wonder Woman, but um, you know, in terms of other DC films, this could be my first DC film that I'm like, oh yeah, I'm really. It excited looks really about fun. This. It looks yeah. like it's gonna poke fun at the genre. Yeah, and I'm I'm for it. Yeah. yeah. Did y'all see Aquaman? No. No, I do. That looks terrible. It was. The worst. Okay. Yeah. That's good. Okay. He wanted to go see it in theaters. Like, and I was like, I don't I wanted know if to I could go it. with you. I wanted to see it drunk. I wanted to it see it that one. really drunk. It probably would approve it, but it looked so bad it's, in all the trailers that I like, saw. Because I'm kind of on the opposite side of things where a lot of people really liked Aquaman and yeah. hated all the other DC movies. I'm the opposite. I yeah. liked Batman v Superman and Suicide Squad and I hated uh-huh. Aquaman. Um, and so, which I, we're not going to, we've had this conversation a thousand times. We're not going to do it. But, um, I th- yeah, I thought Aquaman was truly terrible. I've never done ecstasy, <laughs> but I feel like if I was ever going to watch Suicide Squad again, I would need ecstasy. Maybe. I don't know how it feels, so maybe. But mm. <laughs> I've heard good things yeah. about that, and I've heard really bad things about Suicide Squad. And yeah, I test you never know. Um, but yeah, so, uh, and James Wan's direction. Do you like James Wan? I, mean, I love James Wan. I want him to stick to horror, though. His some of his his direction is just so it's too much. Like he's his camera is constantly moving all like orbiting all around, mm-hmm. and it's especially apparent in Aquaman, and it just makes it feel less and less grounded. Like if he, I I liked I liked his um, Fast Seven. I thought that was fine. Furious Seven. Furious Seven. Yeah. Um, but for me, he just needs to. He, he has become a master of horror. Mm-hmm. Stick with horror, you know, and it's okay. It's okay to be pigeonholed into a genre. You can kill it in that genre, you know, but apparently people saw Aquaman and loved it. Mm-hmm. So a I lot mean, of people it, did. You know, I guess he can. I guess he can do all things. Yeah, I've heard a lot of mixed reviews. Yeah. Either people were like, you know, I went in thinking it was going to be crap and it was just a little bit above crap, or it was like, you know. <laughs> yeah. Yes, I, yeah, I, I couldn't, couldn't bear it. 
Couldn't, I just kind of do it, Sky. Kind of do it. I'm not a big Jason Momoa fan either. I'm not either. Oh. I mean, clearly, there's a lot of people going to see that movie yeah. for Jason. I Momoa. think that's a lot of but, the hype, but you know. it looked. It just looked cheesy. Yeah. Well, I, it does. I will say it does kind of play on the cheesiness of it, but it just doesn't do it that well. Yeah. So. Yeah. And like, I have a big issue. You know, it's like, okay, yeah, Jason Momoa is a pretty. He's a pretty dude. He's a mm. good looking dude. Uh, he doesn't do it for me at all. But really, but yeah, for me, it's like you know, if that's the reason that you got the job, that's I, I hate that. Yeah. That's yeah. Hollywood. That's Hollywood. Well, though. I think it's like he was the it person of the moment, and they were like, let's bring him into this world mm-hmm. and and capitalize on that. I mean, I'll, I'll agree. He does like some actors like him. He does have a decent presence, mm-hmm. but whenever he starts talking, it's just it's brutal. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And it's fine. I'm sure he'll get better. But he seems I'm like sure he will a get lovely better. man. Yeah. But, you know. It's I'm like not... better to be seen than heard from him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And people see the same thing about like uh, Leonardo DiCaprio. They're like, oh, he's just a good looking dude that can't act. See, I would, I'm. I'm not but a... I love it. Yeah. I, I think he's great. I'm, I think he is too. I'm not a fan. That's why I like earlier see? I said he's like overrated. I've just never found something that I've connected to with him. He's hmm. never drawn me, except for What's Eating Gilbert Grape. He yeah. was fantastic mm-hmm. in that. And I felt like. Wow. He was, you know, he dared to go there and he did a fantastic job. But everything else has been like, meh. Mm-hmm. I don't know. He's this guy that I feel like people at the moment were like, he's the hot new thing and we're going to put him in everything. Mm-hmm. Well, that's that's surprising since Sky is a uh, fanboy of The Revenant. And, uh, <laughs> gosh, I, what a movie. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I love DiCaprio. And so, I mean, I would. I would argue against that, but I mean, I can, you know. No, I love Leonardo DiCaprio. I hate The Revenant, but I love that movie. Mm-hmm. I love Leonardo. Um, you know, actually, one of my favorite Leonardo DiCaprio movies is The Beach. Really? Well, I know Jacob. Uh, that's one of his. He really likes that too. I really enjoy that. He's movie. He's a big Danny Boyle fan. Well, it's also an Alex Garland uh, book. Oh, is it? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. So he wrote the book, and then um, uh, what's Danny Boyle? Danny Boyle took it and made it into a script. Huh. I don't know if he did it. I think Alex Garland actually may have screen wrote it too, but I don't know. Oh. Okay. Um, oh, we did see Fantastic Beasts. Yeah, we watched the yeah, new uh, I, Crimes I, of Grindelwald. I rewatched that actually. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah, we watched that because we were debating on whether to go see it when it was out in theaters, and mm. I think ultimately we just like we just never got around to seeing it, or we were hearing reviews that were mixed. You know, yes, very mixed, and so we finally sat down and watched it, and for me, I didn't think it was as bad as what people were yeah, saying. I actually liked it a lot more on rewatch. I didn't I like, like it, it in theaters than as much. Fantastic Beast too. I felt like um, it was more compelling. It, it was more visually stuff going on. I mean, I like, in the first one, I liked the, the animals. That was the only mm. thing that like really got me in that one, but this one, like I, I didn't think it was as bad. I do feel like there was a lot going on, and a lot, yeah. they just kind of left to the side, and plot-wise... I can't tell you what that movie's about, but yeah, I enjoyed it. Yeah, we were talking it. about they were like, we, we, mm-hmm. if somebody was like, hey, tell me a synopsis of it. Where <laughs> no do you begin on that? Like, yeah. it's hard. It's a bunch of scenes mashed together. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But visually, I was very entertained. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That being said, I don't know if it was a good movie because of that, <laughs> but I did enjoy what I yeah. saw. I mean, I can see why some people didn't like it, just because this is, it's probably the least Harry Pottery. Yeah. Which is fine. Which, yeah, which, yeah, uh, and... But one little controversy about it, so there's the whole Johnny Depp thing mm-hmm. where people were really upset with his casting. He surprised me. I actually enjoyed his performance yeah, in this. Yeah, that's the thing. It's not Johnny Depp who's going to ruin it. It's Ezra Miller. Oh, that's, okay. fair. He's, he's, yeah. that's fair. That's fair. He's, he's, he's the worst. Give Johnny Depp a break. Yeah. Yeah, get on Ezra Miller's case. Yeah. He's his just, sulking teenage Yeah, that's all he does. He just, like, he just is like this brooding, like, oh, it's brutal. It's yeah. Just, oh. 
he he is what I hated about the emo music genre growing up. You know, (laughs) he's just walking around looking sad, like hunched over every scene. And And the thing is, Ezra Miller, he's he's good if you if you I have control over him. I think Mm -hmm. you know, like Perks of Being a Wallflower. Yeah, great movie. I didn't mind his performance in it. I thought it was fine. You know, but then you see this. And it's just like, oh God. He's he's writing the he's flash. Killing me. Do you hear this? He's writing it? Yes. He is he has taken on, or I think with one other person, he is writing the screenplay for the flash. Oh, what a great film that will be. Yeah. <laughs> Can't wait. Oh my gosh. <laughs> will the flash be goth too? Oh, I'm sure he better let's, be. Hey, let's go, let's go early two thousands emo. Oh god. Flash. <laughs> Get some my chemical romance in there. Um, oh god. <laughs> it just starts off. Do you know that uh, the guy who Wrote uh, Gerard Way, yeah, he did uh, Umbrella Academy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I actually really like My Chemical Romance. I, I do think too. It's, I think it's funny when people are like, "Oh, it's emo goth music," and I'm like, no, "Well, no, not talented. for me." They're yeah. they're talented. They made yeah, a, I, I have nothing against them. It is it, it's just so iconic of that time. Yeah, it those is. few years, you know, it so. is. Yeah, and you um, went back and after we watched the Umbrella Academy, you read the comic book. I did. I read the first volume. How was it? Not great. Mm. I love the show. The show was great. Uh, for me, the, the the graphic novel, it was um, it just didn't do it for me. Yeah, he told yeah. me the differences um, between you know how they adapted it into the show versus what was in the comic book, and I think they made a really great choice by like swaying towards a different way with the Netflix series and huh. yeah. going away okay. towards some of the themes and ideas in the comic There's book. a character change that I'm not going to say because I know it's new, mm-hmm. um, but there's a character change that happens in the graphic novel where when you see it, you're just kind of like, no, no, they didn't do this. Mm. And luckily in the, graph- in, the, in the show, they did not do that. So yeah, that was really good. Like if you think <laughs> the show is a little out there and a little weird and some of the ideas, the comic book's got you on that. It's huh. even okay. weirder. Yeah, interesting. I didn't enjoy it. I don't think I'll finish like the next volume. I don't yeah. think I'll even start it. But I love the show. I'm very excited. Mm. I actually don't want a second season. Mm. Have you watched it at all? I haven't. Okay. <laughs> it has an ending, in my opinion, or it should have an ending. But there, there's going to be a second season. Yeah. And I hate that. Same thing with like um, Dexter. Mm. Did you ever watch Dexter? Some I've seen some of it, yeah. I need to watch... The first four seasons. Okay. And then stop. (laughs) (laughs) Don't go to nine. (laughs) Oh, God. Any any show that has nine seasons, you know you're getting into some. I think it just needs to be five. Every show, stop at five seasons. Mm -hmm. Oh, uh, Hollywood News. Uh, Supernatural is coming to a close. Haven't haven't ever seen it. Neither. It is a... Cultural phenomenon. Yeah, you know, I mean, I, I hear a powerhouse. I hear about it constantly. So, yeah, no argument there. Um, but yeah, surprisingly, they're actually they're like, hey, we're good. And I think it was a cast decision. You know, like hmm. they were like, we're just done. We want to yeah. spend time with our That's families. A long time. <laughs> we want to have a life. You we want to have a life outside of this. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, because you got to think. I mean, like if they started, you know, let's say mid twenties, so they're twenty five. Fifteen years now, they're forty. You know, that's a long time to be committed. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, I get it, but I know a lot of people are heartbroken. Mm. I watched all the way up until about two seasons ago, and then I was like, I, I just can't, can't do it. I can't do it can't anymore. Do it. it ended at season five. There you go, your five season thing again. Yeah, five seasons. <laughs> yeah. It ended at season five. There yeah. was a, a definitive ending, and they were like, you know what, we're gonna keep going. Yeah. Sky, have you seen us yet? No. We were talking about going to see that 
very soon. Yeah, I really want to see it. It is my highly anticipated film of the year right now, yeah. aside from Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Yeah. But yeah, I'm excited Have for it. Have you checked it. it out yet? Not yet, mm-hmm. but I mean, I think we're going to review it on the show sometime soon, mm-hmm. so... Um, just let me know. Oh yeah, I got you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm excited for it. I mean, it's his sophomore horror film. It's his sophomore. No, he did um, Keanu right too, right? Didn't he direct Keanu? Maybe. Either way, somehow he was involved somehow. It is his sophomore horror film, and I'm very excited for it because Get Out is one of my favorites. Yeah, I love the memes that have been you know come <laughs> from from Get Out. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Um, oh, well, I'll mention I watched Captive State. Have you all heard about this? I haven't heard of that. It's the new. It's this new alien invasion film by the guy who directed oh, Rise right. of the Planet of the Apes. That's right. Which I really liked. And so this one, it stars uh, John Goodman and the teenage version or teenage actor in Moonlight. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's about a alien kind of, um, what do you call it? Uh, when they have invasion? Inv- yeah, invasion and when they have control, like a... When they're like running the society, what, what's the term for that? When, when like, an alien o- o- race. O- occupation, occupation, okay. yeah, and um, where they're essentially like running the government of okay the, the U.S. Wow. pretty much cool. Um, and it's kind of in this. I'd put it in terms of style in the vein of something like Children of Men. Mm-hmm. It's very subdued and reserved, and it's kind of about the rebellion of the humans. Um, and it's I was curious because I do like alien invasion, and I do like rise of the planet of the apes but like it got so incoherent so quickly i could not believe it like yeah. i was i was we were talking about leaving movie theaters i was so ready to leave wow. like, like it started off okay but it gets it's so poorly edited and it throws in so many characters who um you don't know anything about and it was brutal like and i was kind of looking forward to it because it yeah. seemed it was like a dark mysterious alien invasion movie but it is brutal mm-hmm. i want to Want to read about it real fast? Yeah, has um, a forty-six on Rotten Tomatoes. And yeah, five point seven on IMDb. Yeah. Um, oh, Machine Gun Kelly's in it. I thought he died. I thought Eminem killed him. Huh. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so yeah. So don't don't check that one out. Um, and then I was telling Sky, yeah, I've been binge watching a uh, Mobile Suit Gundam Wing from the nineties, yeah. which is kind of what I grew up with, and it's just. I'm re- realizing why I loved it so much and why I still love it is it's just all out warfare all the time with yeah. big like mecha robot suits. It's amazing. Yeah. Um, I really enjoyed G Gundam. Did you watch that I haven't one? seen that yet. No. That was the one where they were in space. It was great. Mm. I think they're all like kind of in space, but this one, um, it was almost like a tournament and I love tournament based animes. Hmm. You know, that's why I'm rocking this Dragon Ball Z shirt. They're, they, have, yeah. <laughs> they have so many tournaments in that show. Yeah. And uh, yeah. I'd love me some some anime though. Yeah, some good anime. Yeah, um, not a lot of anime. Just like no, the no. select just the right amount. Select anime. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, and then I did watch something for the first time that I wasn't planning on watching it anytime soon, but it happened this way. I was hanging out with a friend of mine from college about a week ago, and his girlfriend was there at the time, and she asked with a bit of a self awareness if we all wanted to watch Twilight together. Oh, oh no! Uh, and uh, being this guy's good friend. I said, no, of course. Um, <laughs> but we ended up watching it anyways. Oh, bless your heart. Uh, yeah. It wasn't great. Uh, not... Was it your first not, time watching it? Yes. Okay. Haven't seen any of them aside from clips, just mm-hmm. bits and pieces. Definitely not great. I can see why people like it. Yeah. Um, not as horrible as I thought it would be, but it's definitely not a very... It's very dated, especially yeah. at this point. Uh, and the annoying thing is it could be done well. Like, 
and if you had the right directors or the right writers, but it's just so poorly and lazily put together. You know, um, it's, it's, um, I mean, I don't know about the sequels, but I'm guessing it's about the same. I mean, I'm yes. sure they're terrible. Yeah. I've only seen the first one, I think. Um, but for me, it's almost like the plot of let me in or let the right one in, you know, where vampires yeah. can be good and there can be like a love scenario between a vampire and a human. Yeah. I get that. I get that. But for me, this was way too teenagerish. Yeah. You know, way too CW style. Yes. Yeah. Very CW. Yes. And I can't stand that. Yeah. And for me, it's almost like a personal attack. Like, I felt attacked when this movie came out. And they're like, oh, vampires can I'm stand offended. in the sunlight. I'm offended, you know? They can stand in the sunlight. They're just going to sparkle. And I'm just like, why? Yeah. Why? Yeah. Why would you do that? Yeah. Um, it's just so, so weird. Yeah, not, not a great movie. And the lead actress, that Kristen Stewart girl, her her acting in that, you could tell she was... Not the best yeah. actress. And the, the, the weird thing is, is like she and Robert Pattinson have both gone on to do really great stuff. Yeah. Like she's got been given some really great performances. But I think they didn't want to be in it though. Yeah. That was what just, I was hearing. The money's huge. Yeah. So go with it, you know, do yeah. what they say. So, yeah. but um, yeah, not a great movie, but you know. Yeah. Uh, and then lastly, I rewatched The Girlfriend Experience uh, by Steven Soderbergh. Have you all oh, seen this? I've heard of it, but I haven't seen it. Yeah. So this is one of his more like kind of personal films, like, um, like Unsane or mm-hmm. um, even that basketball basketball movie he just did recently that's on Netflix that was shot on an iPhone. Oh, um, yeah, that's right. I remember which that. Which Unsane was also shot mm-hmm. on an iPhone. But this one came out, I think, in 2009 maybe. And it's actually, the lead actress is a porn star, um, actually. And so um, it's shot in the way that, um, I guess, it would be like on an iPhone. It's kind of predates that mm-hmm. style. Um, but it's about... Uh, like a high level or high class escort in New York, yeah, or call girl, whatever you want to call it. I don't know. Um, and it's essentially just about her going through her daily life, and it's it's pretty plotless, but it's a really odd, um, but interesting look at this world. Mm-hmm. This kind of very weird, you know, um, strange world, and um, it's yeah, it's kind of documentary style esque, and um, I mean, I can see why it's not a very, it's not a film for everybody. It's very yeah. subdued and. Mm-hmm weird but it's a really interesting film especially from someone like steven soderbergh who can do that and then do like you know magic oceans mike. Al- yeah which i love i love magic mike uh oh and my. and um <laughs> like oceans 11 mm-hmm. and he did pleasantville did he yeah apparently huh i like that movie. i love pleasantville it was very beautiful hmm. yeah uh, um, but it, it's an interesting film if you can find a way to watch it um, i uh I keep forgetting about Steven Soderbergh for some reason. I guess because yeah. he's so prolific and he does so many different things. But yeah, I forgot he did Logan Lucky, and I really love Logan. Yeah, he's been talking Logan to Lucky. me about yeah. that. Yeah, Logan Lucky. Yeah, yeah. He's like, you need to see that whenever we like it's are fun. through movies. Yeah, it's a fun movie. So yeah, I mean, if you if you like Soderbergh or if you like some of his more kind of personal films, maybe check out uh, the yeah. Girlfriend Experience. Yeah. Um. But yeah, hmm. might be about it. I guess. Yeah, I think so. Y'all. Uh, any anything else? Music, books, uh, uh, any recommendations or no? Radiohead has a new song out. Yeah, oh, really? Listen to it. Yeah, huh. uh, I don't remember what it's called, like "Ill Wind" or something like that. I think, and uh, it's very reminiscent to when they were like the OK Computer days, and I'm all about that. Hmm. Um, so yeah, I'm pretty happy about that. And and then we were listening to the um, Karen O and Danger Mouse yeah. album. Oh. Very good. Interesting. Yeah, mm-hmm. she has a song out now for the new Hannah series yeah. on Amazon. Ah, she is a cover okay. uh, of um, 
Despite All My Rage. Uh, the the Smashing, Smashing Pumpkins, Pumpkins song. song. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. What is it? Disarm? Is that it? Is that the name of it? Uh, I can't remember which, which. It came up on my Spotify, and I can't remember which that song That song has been now. covered up so many times recently. Like with Rampage, you know, um, Kid Cudi did oh, it. I didn't see Rampage. You didn't see Rampage? No. Okay, you missed no, look, out on a great I, cinematic I, I experience. <laughs> no, look, I, I'm down for like the giant wolf. Yeah, I'm gonna see it for that. <laughs> yeah. But I just haven't, I haven't taken the time. Go in with no expectations, and you'll be satisfied. Okay, because <laughs> <laughs> it's wild. Yeah. Um, and I, you know, I wish that Jeffrey Dean Morgan, he's in it. Okay. I, I wish Jeffrey Dean Morgan would stop being Jeffrey Dean Morgan. Mm. <laughs> you know, everything he's doing is Jeffrey Dean Morgan. He's doing the Negan character from Walking Dead, and the dude can act. He, he can do really good stuff, but he keeps doing that character. Mm. It's just like Jeff Bridges doing the same Texan oh, yeah. over and over yeah. again. Yeah, you know he did True Grit, and he stayed with that character. Yeah. So. And we did watch uh, recently the Bad Times at. Oh, uh, the Al Royale. Royale. Have you seen that? I did. What did you think? I didn't like it. Oh, I, I, liked I enjoyed it. it. It was kooky. You didn't know what was going to happen. It was an hour too long. It was yes. very long. <laughs> <laughs> but it's but, like you're watching the story unfold and you don't really know where it's going to go. Yeah, I mean, there are definitely parts of it that I enjoyed. I, I, I won't disagree with that. Yeah. I loved Chris Hemsworth. I wanted the movie to be the last hour of the movie. Mm-hmm. You know? Oh, he was so evil. <laughs> so good, though. Yeah. So good. Ugh. I love that mind control element that he has, which is very similar to going back to Charles Manson. Yeah. Mm. You know, he had this it ability to... It reminded me of that kind of character. He had yeah. this ability to manipulate everyone he came in contact with. Yeah. And I loved that. Yeah, well, it did feel very Tarantino-y. Yeah. It did. Yeah. yeah. But so. I was expecting more, I think, from... Uh, his name is Drew Goddard, right? The director? Yeah. Who who did... Uh, Cabin in the Woods. And The Martian. And The Martian. Yeah. You know, I really wanted more from that. Yeah. But at the same time, I, I still enjoyed it. I love John Hamm, too, though. Yeah. Can't go wrong. Can't go wrong with John, John Hamm. With the ham. The ham. So. Peter Porker. <laughs> so. <laughs> no, uh, but yeah, so I guess that, that might be about it. Yeah. Anything else? No. Uh, nope. I can't think of anything. Final thoughts? Well wishes? <laughs> uh, no, thanks for having me, man. I yeah. really appreciate yeah. it. And, yeah. Uh, you know, anytime. Yeah. Need some um, people. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I, I guess that does kind of bring us to an end. But, um, yeah, so I guess the next show more than likely will be about us. Um, if we can get you know y'all on, if, mm-hmm. if possible, great. Um, if not, we'll get you on for something else, and yeah, uh, maybe see if we can get Jacob back on too at some point. Um, are you gonna do like us and Get Out? What are your two movies? I don't, I don't know. Oh man, could be anything. Oh, <laughs> could um, be anything. I didn't see that movie. Is that John Cusack? <laughs> Sounds like a John Cusack film. Oh my yeah. <laughs> it's almost like the the uh, the sequel to Say Anything. Yeah, oh. <laughs> give me mm. anything. Mm. Say anything, please. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, so uh, yeah, stay updated on or s- follow us on social media, and you can stay updated with all that jazz. Um, but yeah, guys, thanks again for driving out yeah. and taking the time. I yeah. kind of saved the day, you know, because yeah. we're my co-hosts have been pretty busy lately, so it's, it's yeah. been fun. Yeah, it has been fun. But yeah. Uh, yeah, also I think your dog is the thing since you know we were talking about that last year. Yeah, she's yeah she's kind of become our other co-host. She's kind of stays in here and she, just so the listeners are aware, this was a bulldog, but now is a border collie. Yes, <laughs> yes, she's changed. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, on that note, uh, we hope you enjoyed it as much as we did, yeah. and we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye. Bye.